and welcome to episode 111 of the Ram Nintendo Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Angel. And this episode of the show is Totem Time, as we'll be sharing our full impressions of uh, The Legend of Zelda Triforce Heroes, as well as talking about the giant stack of news that is the surprise Nintendo Direct that just happened this past Thursday. Plus, we have MPD numbers, so... Uh, yeah. So the easiest way to find what you're looking for this episode, if you don't want to listen to the whole thing, is at ramtown.com. We have timestamps for all this stuff. Regular listeners know this. New listeners don't. I don't know why I'm telling you that. Uh, so go ramtown.com. You can find any specific segment of the Direct that we talk about. We break it out. Or, you know, um, the impressions of Triforce Heroes or Nintendo Badge uh, Arcade or anything like that. But, I mean, we might as well just jump right into the Direct. Uh, no pleasantries today. Uh, so the we we can't talk about the director. I'll talk about the elephant in the room, the megaton they announced, which is, as any Nintendo fan and dabby knows by now, Cloud of Final Fantasy VII is coming to Smash Bros. Jason, how does that make you feel? Well, my first thought is, oh, interesting. They're making an amiibo of Cloud of Final Fantasy VII, which is weird. Ugh. Because the thing about the thing about to me, and don't, don't don't take that oh, like like I don't like Cloud. I don't really. I mean, I prefer sunshine. I mean, I mean ah, I'm here all week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his inclusion is cool, but it's. I mean, I don't like like Jason. I've never played like a core Final Fantasy game, so I don't. Be under the bus. <laughs> no, that I never have. I know. Yes, yeah, I said. I said like you. I've never but played. You called me out for the reason that. Go ahead, continue. I'm just. I'm just kidding. Okay, as I'm sure many of you. Oh, wow. I'm just kidding. It's fine. Well, either way, so yeah, so I have like no like emotional attachment or anything to Cloud. Like he's just kind of like, oh, okay, cool for fans, but. Like Jason just pointed out, he'd have an amiibo, and it's like, oh, I'm not to buy it. What you know what's interesting to me is like he was not. I don't think he was from the Smash ballot because as every as as Smash Bros fans may know, Nintendo did the Smash Bros ballot where you get, submit a character to vote on. Should vote should be Robo. If you didn't, you screwed up, and you should feel bad about yourself. Uh, you pick a character, and then you send it in, and that ended in October. And then in November, like early November, they already have a fully functional cloud. And a really I don't cool think, stage. Yeah, a really cool stage. A Chocobo costume for the me, which actually looks cooler than Cloud to me. I'm not even kidding. Uh, so you would think this has to have been separate. No, it definitely which, is. It, undoubtedly. Yeah. Like, even even if, like, because, um, I mean, what I don't know. Actually, I don't even know if this is the case, but many people, like, don't, like, realize that, like, the Smash Brothers doesn't necessarily mean that like, oh, the most votes will win. It's just, like, a suggestion box. Yeah, basically. So, like, even, like, I don't know, maybe, like, Sakurai, like, reached one of the ballots, like, maybe, like, in, like, we'll even give him, like... Back in the summer. Yeah, like, like say, in the, during the summer, like, August or something. And then he's like, oh, I'm just gonna make this character. I didn't think of this one. Like, even then, like, it, I'm pretty sure it wouldn't have been this further out. I'm pretty sure it'd be more like when they first revealed Mewtwo. Or well, something. what do you think of... What Cloud brings to the table, like regards, I guess regards to how he got there, which we'll talk like, about later. Like ignoring the fact that it's Cloud, it doesn't look like he brings much of anything. He's like, kind of just like Ike like like again. his <laughs> like his his final smash is like Ike's and yeah. Greninja, then like four a couple. Even Zoroark has like the Pokeball has like an attack that does basically that. Um, and then, I don't know, like, his sword stuff is, like, it's like they grab, like, uh, oh, here's, um, Toon Link's Down Smash, here's, um, a bunch of, um, Shulk's, like, aerials, and then the Limit Breaker thing just kind of looks like, um, like another fancy version of just Shulk powering up his moves, like, oh, now he could do a higher up B, now he yeah. can do a stronger projectile. I mean, Shulk doesn't have projectiles, but, I mean, and, oh, trench and, coat. And, and then I was gonna say, like, oh, he's, like, one of the few swordsmen that, like, oh, like, he's, like, a husband that's a projectile, that's unique, but then you have Robin, who's kind of both. Right. Right. But, right. Yeah, there is no, like, 
unique element. It's more fan service than it is an actual I good mean, fighter. I mean, it'd be cool if he doesn't have a counter for down B. I don't think he does. Because yeah. that'd be interesting to see a swordsman that doesn't have a counter. And, and to be fair, we're basing all of this off of... Like a three, three minutes. Uh, like, not even three minutes. Like a minute and a half of gameplay. Well, to fighting. be fair, you could... Like, he does kind of throw basically every possible move. Yeah. Like, he throws like an up a like, yeah. triple combo. But we're going to learn more about what he can but actually I mean, do and stuff. In, right. uh, spe- in what they're calling the Smash Bros. special presentation in right. December. Where presumably the actual ballot winner... Or suggestion box yeah. suggestion will pop up as well. But I mean, that being said, as far as him not bringing anything really new, like, I mean, like new, like the way like Ryu does, like he definitely brings like new mechanics. Oh, into yeah. It. He brings literally Street or, Fighter. Or like Shulk or Rosalina. Like he's yeah. just kind of like another basic fighter. Another sword. But man. that's not, that, I mean, that's not bad either. I mean, more variety is more variety. I mean, maybe yeah. one of the swordsmen didn't like tickle your pickle and now you have Cloud, which is kind of cool. I mean, I personally don't care for Cloud, but I mean, I'm obviously going to try him at some point. I mean, I could care less. I, I I had no interest in Rob whatsoever when he when I first unlocked him in Brawn. He's like my second favorite character, like now, like so. Right, right. So you never know. I mean, that's why it's like. Yeah, I mean, I think as fan service, it's kind of awesome in a weird way. Like I tweeted, I tweeted, and I still stand by these exact words. Smash Bros. is always, Nintendo always throws, Sakurai in particular, always throws curveballs with Smash Bros. He always likes doing things you don't expect, putting Snake in Brawl, for example. It's probably why he this gives out his the, little rules so that he can yeah, better break them this and is the, give a throw for a loop. Exactly, because this is the curviest of all curves that's ever been curved. <laughs> like, it's like so out of left field, because you got a character that's like traditionally a PlayStation character. Like, he's not All-Stars got him. Yeah. Like, wait, what? Oh, yeah, they, yeah, they Yeah, not even PlayStation yeah, All-Stars got I thought you said they did. Him. I'm like, no, they didn't. <laughs> but, um,. I mean, so like the I fact feel like that Cloud would have been more like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Cloud, I mean, um, Sora. Yeah. Sora would have worked, or why not Gino from Super Mario RPG, which is a very popular character, and Nintendo related. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it really does just feel like, um, I'm sure at some point, like he does almost every time, Sakurai said that this was going to be his last Smash Brothers, so maybe yeah. he's just kind of just giving everybody what they want. Like you, know what, you know what's funny about that? He's just kind of like pulling himself out. We're going to get our King K. Rule. We're going to get our Inklings. We're just going to get everything. You know what's funny about your combat being the le- could be the last Smash for Sakurai, which he does say every time? Nintendo of Europe, when they announced the special presentation video, actually called it the last special presentation of Smash Bros. Are we, are we reaching the end of DLC? Is it could be like Cloud and whatever's in the well, ballot mean, and I mean, then that's it? They're done? Well, I mean, can't that just mean like the last like Nintendo... I mean, Smash Bros. specific direct? I mean, they could still have like little announcements here and there. Yeah, but it just seems like if they're going to do something big oh, I mean, again I in the future. Like where it's winding down, I think. Or they're just going to trickle them out like they did uh, over the you know, late summer, early fall. Yeah, well, I mean, it could just be also that like they haven't really announced anything since... Um, since E3. That's true. So, I mean, maybe this is just kind of their way to play catch-up, and they're also just saying, like, all right, after this point, maybe for another year or less, we're just going to be more consistent about our announcements so that we don't have to do this big hollow play. We don't have to make Sakurai sit down and record a video every three yeah. months. Yeah, that's, that's... Like, maybe, like, with every direct, they'll just put, like, a little mini-trailer that doesn't even have any narration, true. just, like, little audio. True, I guess it doesn't have to mean the end of DLC. Yeah, know? just, like, the end of these big, like, Smash Brothers events, which we've only had, like, two? Yeah. Three? I don't know. Uh, three, I think. Yeah. But I do want to back up for a second kind of touch on why he exists in Smash. I know we talked about it a little, but, like, the fact that he's in Smash... The theater rhythm. For, so it's, it, yeah, he was in theater rhythm on Nintendo systems. He's been in Kingdom Hearts. But, like, this dude is associated with Final Fantasy VII. And Final Fantasy VII is associated with PlayStation. PlayStation 1 and now a remake on PlayStation 4, which makes you wonder, what's he doing in Smash? Because Snake was in Brawl, but Snake was originally on Nintendo system character. Then, like, he come out, like, 
I mean, didn't Brock come out not too long before Metal Gear Solid 4? Yeah. But, nonetheless, the dude had history on Game Boy Color and, of course, NES. And GameCube. And GameCube with Twin Snakes, yes. So, it's kind of like, what is the motive here? What is Square Enix planning? Just looking at it from, like, a objective point of view, like, the the guest characters are getting more distance from Nintendo. Because they're running out of... Because Nintendo doesn't have third-party support anymore, so... It's like Sonic is like, oh, it's practically a Nintendo character by now. Then you get Pac-Man. It's like, well, I mean, Namco made it. And it's like, Ryu is like, well, he used to be Nintendo. Now he's like basically a PlayStation character. Now you have like a character that wasn't even in his own main Just wait till Master Chief is playable. (laughs) At this point, like... I don't know, like, we might even get like... Like, even, like, Banjo-Kazooie is not, like... Oh, I see... I don't think that's gonna happen. Crash because Bandicoot. I don't... He's been on... Crash <laughs> could have... Spyro. Skylanders is next. Ooh. Skylanders will happen. Mark oh, my man, word. Imagine... And mark my that word. That actually be kind of interesting. Okay, and mark and th- th- Sakurai would, like, make him look more like his PlayStation 1 version, because that's just what he would do. Like, no, if Spyro's gonna be in it, he's gonna be, like, the version I like. Mark, the, the, this episode, episode 111... Being published on Ramtown.com on November 14th. And he has had a huge Nintendo 2015. I'm predicting that Skylanders characters, be it Spyro or one of the other ones, will be in Smash in 2016. I'm calling it. Officially. They're right good. now. That's a pretty cool... Yeah, it seems plausible. They already have the partnership. They already have Donkey Kong yeah, and Bowser yeah. and Skylanders. Yeah, it, it seems... It's a yeah. Nintendo-friendly franchise. Yeah. It makes sense. Unlike Cloud, who's like, why is he here? Like, it's cool he's here. I like the fan service, but... Why? <laughs> the only thing I could think of as a possible reason is this renewed friendliness between Square Enix and Nintendo. Because, like, for one thing, Square Enix is, um, you know, Dragon Quest is now a Nintendo franchise of sorts. Like, it's on Nintendo platforms. Yeah. They just announced in the Direct that Dragon Quest 7 and 8 are being... Re- the remakes for 3DS are now coming to the U.S., published by Nintendo. On top of that, Bravely Default did super well, and that was published by Nintendo and made by Square Enix. Bravely Second is coming out, and that's... Again, Nintendo and Square Enix. So I'm starting to think if this is building to something bigger. Because even Square Enix themselves are doing their own games, too. Like, they talked about very briefly in the direct um, Final Fantasy Explorers. The kind of, like, action-y, almost like Monster Hunter-esque Final Fantasy game where you just plop in all the big-name characters from the franchise and play as them. Mm -hmm. That, which has a crazy-looking, kind of cool-looking special edition, that's coming to 3DS and is being, you know, done by Square Enix themselves. And then Square Enix is also, you know, they tease Dragon Quest coming to N... Or not NX. I just say NX. It's coming to 3DS. My bad. But Dragon Quest is supposedly coming to NX, which makes me think, why not go one step further? Is Final Fantasy VII's remake for PS4 also going to be on NX? Is that what this is angling towards? It just seems... Would it be the first time I have a con? Well, I would have a console that has access to it. Yeah. Actually, is it it on PSN? It pro Yeah, it is. So you could could play it on from the PlayStation Store. The old version of PS4. Yeah, it looks too dated. So I would, it would definitely have to be the remake that, I, if right. if any, that I would play. But I, I would not be surprised if it's on NX because it just it's just starting to make sense. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. it it just seems likely. But um, you know all that I just rattled off like how many Square Enix games? Like five. They're all coming to Nintendo systems, and it, it, I feel like I feel like that reminds me of a bigger thing that's happening in this direct. And I don't know if you noticed it. I'm sure you did. But there's this huge trend that seems to surface in Nintendo Direct and kind of in 2016 in general. And that's this renaissance of, like, we're in the midst of, like, an RPG renaissance right now. Like, if you look at what Nintendo talked about in this Direct, there was a lot too of role-playing games. Too many RPGs. Games. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't say too many, because if you're a fan of the genre, it's great. But in 2016 alone, the Direct just riled these off throughout. There's um, the Dragon Quest I already mentioned. There's Final Fantasy, Fantasy Explorers, which I already mentioned. And I forgot to mention, one cool thing is they're putting all the DLC in the U.S. version for free. 
mm. which is kind of nice. But so there's those two. There's Bravely Second. There's Final Fantasy Fates. What were they called? Final Fantasy Explorers. No, no, no. Bravely... Second. They had Bravely a Default. Oh, Bravely Second something layer. The second layer. I don't know. I had no, a... it's Bravely Second. I know that. Uh, Bravely... I'm looking it up. Ah. It is... They have Yokai Watch. And, and that's already out, yeah. Um, the Mystery Dungeon count? Super Mystery Dungeon? It is Bravely Second End Layer. Huh. And in, in Europe, it's getting a Special Collector's Edition, which means the U.S. probably is, too. But my, I don't my, know. <laughs> Europe tends hey, to get a lot of Collector's Edition. No, but they're going to be better here in the States. Uh, Fire Emblem's getting one. Uh, Xenoblade's getting one in a couple weeks. And if you buy it at Best Buy, you get $10 in pizza cash. Oh, wait, no, not the Collector's Edition, just the regular. That's the funniest promotion in such a long time. Hmm. Hey, playing an 80-hour RPG, you gotta eat, here's $10 for pizza. It's so weird. Anyway, uh, my point is, all those games are RPGs, and that's not, and we're leaving out uh, the first of the bunch, which is coming out very soon, January 22nd, Mario and Luigi Paper Jam, is gonna kick off this, like, never-ending, cascading waterfall of RPGs. And uh, I guess we, I guess it kind of makes sense to talk about all the RPGs in one little clump, since, you know, we're going through all the direct news anyway, so we'll start with Mario and Luigi. Um... I don't know. I still have my reservations for it. I do too, and I, I assume you it's mean. Like, I assume you mean not pre-order. Yeah. Get it? Reservations for it? I'm on fire today. Uh, yeah. Well, for those who don't know, I'm in the same boat actually. Like exactly. But for those who don't know, uh, this is the game where Mario and Luigi and Paper Mario kind of get mashed together. It's a Mario and Luigi game, but Paper Mario plays the third brother. You can do like papery attacks in battle, and you can. Uh, if Sticker Star hadn't been the way it was, I probably would have been more excited. See, I don't even think it's that that's the issue. I think the issue that I'm having is it just feels like fatigue. I don't know what it is. For some reason, if you look at Mario games across history, and if you look at Paper Mario across history, for whatever reason, Mario & Luigi specifically gets... Starting with the DS, and I don't know why, I started getting two Mario & Luigi games per platform, per handheld. It's the only Mario franchise that does that. Tennis is one per system. Golf is one per system. Kart is one per system. All of them are one per system, except Mario and Luigi is just like, hey, so here's ideas, some more man. of it. Except they don't. <laughs> they really don't. Because, like, all the stuff they're talking about, in terms of what you can expect, like, oh, you have three brothers this time. You have Mario, Luigi, and Paper Mario. And you get tr- trio attacks. And it's like, how's it different from when I had four when they were the you babies? Have one less. <laughs> yeah, I would take you. But it's just like, it's not that crazy. And they're like, oh, and you can summon, like, special paper moves to, like, slip through walls and stuff in Mario and Luigi. It's like, or I could have done that in the three Paper Marios already. Play, like, they're selling it like it's this new idea, but it's not. The only legitimate new thing in this game that is somewhat interesting are battle cards, which feel a little bit too similar to the stickers in Sticker Star. So, basically, for those who don't know, um, you can summon these battle cards from the bottom of your screen, and you flick them into battle, or you put them into battle, and they do different things, be it uh, harm the enemy, give you a stat boost, give you more coins when you win, that sort of thing. And then there's amiibo support, and if you scan your amiibo, and it'll give you a character card, which is a souped-up battle card that does excessive amounts of whatever the thing the battle card would do is and all these cards feature artwork from like every mario game known to man yoshi's new island your uh woolly world mario kart mario tennis mario golf it's just like they took stock art and just slapped them in the game they're like hey people love the uh all the cross-referencing in mario maker let's just do an rpg with that which is fine that part i don't mind that's kind of a neat little fan service because who knows what obscure stuff i could they could totally throw a mario uh super mario rpg in there and have like a geno card and that's kind of a nice nod but or even have Gino in there because they're already match- mashing up the franchises. But besides that, nothing in this is new. And even that's barely new because Sticker started the same idea. Stick a sticker on your character and it changes how the battle, out- you know, the outcome. Yeah. Like, nothing's new in this. <laughs> no, yeah, it's like, the, I don't know, it's like, 
on paper, the idea sounds pretty cool. Hey, I see you. But just like from watching the gameplay, it definitely... Not only does it not really feel like you're getting anything new out of it, it kind of feels like the combination kind of brings down the whole experience. Yeah, it's almost like which, I'd rather have a real Paper is, Mario. Which is kind of a downer because like even just like little like little things like um I thought I like oh use Paper Mario to squeeze through this narrow gap so that you could get to the other thing. And it's like oh well I mean before you could just like slam Mario down and I mean slam Luigi down and have him like go under that gap. I think this is what I'm saying about the fatigue is that like it doesn't maybe it's not fatigue because granted sticker start I mean out. I don't feel fatigued especially not from the it Mario Luigi series. Familiar. Yeah it's just too familiar because I mean yeah I, I, fatigue I, might not be the right word because sticker well, start I mean, I don't know. I mean, is a few years old. Because I feel like it's been a while since I've played a Mario Luigi game. Well it, it technically it has that's what I was about to say is to defend Nintendo for to counter my own point sticker start from 2012 Mario and Luigi Dream Team's in 2013. It just feels like... It's been two years. It'll be three years, two and a half years by the time the game comes out. Yeah, I don't know. It just feels like just the vibe I'm getting from the game is more um, what Sticker Star was to Paper Mario. It's now going to make this Mario and Luigi to the rest of the series. Like it, feels yeah. like, it feels like a simplified spin-off thing that, I don't know. It's going to... Yeah. That, isn't, that will maybe satisfy like a bunch of like... I don't know, people that just want to play the experience, but... It just feels too know. familiar. Even the box art looks way too familiar. Oh, God, the box I art. I know, okay, so... I mean... To Nintendo's defense... To Nintendo's defense, every Mario & Luigi game in Japan and Europe for a, number, for a long time now has featured the same... The logo, white background, Mario & Luigi art, upper torso on top of the logo, and Luigi's doing something Mario's looking dead on. Every single one. So this one's the exact same idea with Paper Mario coming in from the corner, like, folding the paper... But even that, for some reason, just feels lazy for once. Yeah. I don't know why. They I do mean, it every time. The first time they did... Well, I guess in the US. I liked Dream it. Dream Team was the first. No, um, Bowser's Inside Story did it. That's right. It just had Bowser coming from the side. Like, I liked it when it was that. I don't know why. I just thought it looked cool because it was like... Because you like stuff. Bowser and you had a bias. Well, no. <laughs> well, just, in, just like the white... like yeah. Just like on the white, like the simplicity of it. Just seemed like, oh, these are just the core characters. Yeah, it yeah, looks nice. Yeah. It's, it's, it's minimalistic. Right. But I did really like the cover for Partners in Time. I just thought like... Oh, like, like that the, painting looking one? With yeah, the, where it's just like, like, just like so many things going on. I know, on. It's, it's, like, like, it's, like, it's like ADD, kinda like, like the game it, box. Kind of like um, Superstar Saga, like that one also had, I thought, a cool cover, just like a bunch of stuff going yeah. on, like, kind of like a Star Wars poster where you could pretty much see like every secondary main and like character yeah. and villain. And then, feel... and then these are just like, I don't know, I, I mean, I could, I could appreciate the consistency, but it just makes it look boring. I feel like the box art sums up the problem with the game is that just, it's too... Yep, I know this. I've seen this before. <laughs> I know how this works. I know what to expect. Yeah. And then you play and, it and you're like, well, I mean, it was what I expected, so I'm not disappointed because it was what I expected. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I honestly... I, I just, just kind of wish it was... I don't know. I wish there was more... T- I hope as we get closer, because as Nintendo always does, they're going to start rolling out info more heavily in the next little bit. Uh, not always. I'm, that's true. <laughs> well, now... As, as we'll touch upon later, it was... I mean, we kind of... Well, I'll, I'll just wait till we get there, but okay. it was sad. That's a tease. But, um, yeah, no, I was going to say that it's like Nintendo usually, sometimes, rolls things out leading up to a game's launch. But Mario Luigi comes out in Japan on December 4th or something like that. That's like in less than a month. It's in three weeks. So it just kind of feels like, is there more to this? I'm really hoping there is because, like you said, on paper it sounds like a cool idea. Paper Mario, Mario and Luigi mashed up. Maybe throw like some two secret... RPG things, but then you're... Yeah, and then like maybe throw in some Mario RPG from Super Nintendo. Like some Now that everybody's with Square again and Clouds and Smash, why not? They have access to those things again. Go crazy. But then when they actually spit out the game, it's like, well, this is the laziest route you could have taken to accomplish that, I guess. I don't know. It just feels too familiar. Hopefully, it looks cooler as we get closer. I want to like it. 
Yeah. I'm just not there yet. I mean, maybe we will. I mean, I try not to be... I'm trying not to be too hard on it. Because, I mean, I, that's kind of the same way that I was... Yeah, that's pretty much how I felt when they were announcing Sticker Star. Just like, like oh, like... She's Sticker uh, Star, I thought, like, like cool. Like, well, I don't know. Because like, I like the more action-y I stuff. I mean, like, it looked... I don't know. Well, my, my issue with it was just difficulty. Like, mm-hmm. it was just, like... But you didn't know that before it came out. No, just, like, from what it looked. Like, uh, just, like, the whole yeah. system. Like, yeah. like, you're not gaining experience. It's just your inventory. That's right. Like, it was just what you had at the time. Like, yeah. there was no, like... Like, like, oh, like, I build up to this. This is, like, what I worked for, like worked up to. Like, oh, now I have access to the shop where I can just buy the stuff. Right. I don't know. It just... You did, there wasn't any real sense of real accomplishment. It just felt like you were just kind of going through the motions. Yeah. And this one, I'm hoping it's not... It doesn't fall into that case. Well, there is experience, because yeah. it's more of a traditional RPG, but... Yeah, that's why, that's why, that's why I was kind of saying, like, oh, that's why I'm hoping the Paper Mario side of it isn't bringing the whole experience down. No, it sounds more like but, Paper Mario is just the thir- the baby's equivalent in this one. Yeah. Like in Partners in Time. Or the Bowser equivalent in Inside Story. I don't know, like... Or the see, like, Sleeping the Bowser, Luigi equivalent. Because, like, the, bar- <laughs> the Bowser... I don't know. You know, I think that... It, 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 it added, like... It gets... It changed the gameplay. No, yeah, that, that's what it did. Like, I really like that one. Same with Dream Team. Like, it changed the gameplay. When you were Luigi and you had your hundreds of Luigi, <laughs> it was like platformer. Actually, platform. well, I, I guess like, I'm starting to see your, your fatigue even more now because like, every one is like, mm-hmm. the same idea, like bringing a third yep. thing. Yep, that's my problem. Every single Mario and Luigi is like, hey, imagine if these two brothers have some funny written dialogue and then something happens and there's this third element and then we take it away and we put it back and we take it away and then we put it back. But what if that third element is that other series people have already played four entries in? That sounds great. Yeah, I that's think, the problem. I think that's why it works best with Bowser's Inside Story because like, you're never really controlling all three at the same time, except for yeah. like very rare instances that were really really cool. But like, Martin, like the Mario and Luigi said, it was just 2D, mm-hmm. and there was still like regular battles. But then you could always control Bowser by himself, and you're kind of doing like different types of battles with just Bowser. Yeah, it wasn't. It didn't feel tacked on. It definitely felt way more thought out. But I don't know. Time will tell. Although, oddly enough, I'm complaining that there's too many Mario and Luigi's on 3DS, and yet, here I am, super excited about a different RPG that has two entries on 3DS, and that's Fire Emblem Fates. Now, now to be fair, it's more of a strategy game than an RPG. I know someone's going to call us out on that. So I'm just saying... I didn't say anything. It's, I know you didn't, but it's RPG enough for me to bucket it with the RPGs in this part Isn't of the podcast. Isn't every game a role-playing game? You are playing you- a role. So you know what we're going to talk about next, guys? We're going to talk about Need for Speed on PlayStation 4. The <laughs> best RPG of them all. No, but it's, um, yeah, it's it's it works well enough to make our renaissance narrative stay true. So we're going to run with it. But um, I mean, it has a lot of RPG tropes. So it does. And Nintendo itself called it an RPG. Bill Trennan yeah. called it an RPG. So you know what? Blame Bill, you guys. You Take level up. Away. You have a party of characters. That's... Yeah, it counts. But but seriously, like beyond just the nip, the, the technicalities, I am actually really excited to play this. And Nintendo's making the process of how you go about getting it to play it rather uh, complicated. I mean, it kind of mirrors what they're doing in Japan, but it's kind. Of, there's many layers to this. So, well, this is, didn't we already know all this? We knew in Japan that's what they were doing, but in America originally they made it sound like they were only going to do one version. Then they went, well, we're probably going to have two versions, and now they're saying, well, we're doing a whole combination. So, basically, there's two versions of the game. There's Fire Emblem Birthright and there's Fire Emblem Conquest. Fire Emblem Fates Birthright and Conquest. Conquest. You can buy either one as its own standalone box for 40 bucks. Then, when you beat it, or at any point, you can, on the eShop, get a $20 download of the other version. So you get half off, which isn't bad. Then, sometime after you beat those two in the future, they're going to release a third version called um, Revelation, which is like an epilogue of sorts that ties up everything from the two stories or whatever. And that, in theory, is how you get all three. 
But then Nintendo announced, and this is the new thing, that if you want... Is that the, third one free? Because no, you bought both? Cost money. Or? No. Well, they haven't said. You could buy the third one without buying the second one. That's the other weird Interesting. thing. Interesting. So you could buy... Revo- you could buy Birthright, oh, yeah, skip yeah. Conquest, and go straight to Revolution. Yeah, because they're like... yeah. It's like, pick... Pick and choose. It's like a buffet. For, it's yeah, a fire emblem. Yeah, yeah. The other thing, like, like, for those that want it to know everything and aren't satisfied, there yeah. you go. But, but the, the the weird thing is, so this is true if you get the retail version. <laughs> you or could the also just make a complete store that doesn't require you to get a third. Well, one. see, that's that's the interesting thing is, yeah. Well, first you said, first you said, if you want everything there, you're, if you're a completionist, you can get them all. And that's I actually pre-ordered it already, even though. Do I ever beat my games? No, but I want to have all the content just in case. So I'm getting the $80 version, which, if you think about it, is actually a reasonable deal because you're getting both games, which are $40 MSRP, and now on top of that, right there, you paid your $80. You got what you promised. But on top of that, you're getting the third version for free, an art book, and a 3DS pouch that has way too much art on it that I'll never use because I'm afraid the art's going to come off. Uh, but it does look really nice. So all that's for $80, which isn't bad. But that's like the full version. And a lot of people I saw on Twitter and like forums and stuff were like, oh, they're Pokemoning. This was, you know, going back a little, they're Pokemoning Fire Emblem. They're making two versions. Nintendo says the big difference is, you know, um, pick your different story path there from each side of the battle and then they branch into their own stories and whatever. To me, it sounds less like Pokemon and closer to um, Oracle of Ages, Oracle of Seasons, the Zelda games. Now, granted, those were completely separate, but much like Fire Emblem Fates, when you beat one, you then had the ability to play the other. You took a code from Seasons, put it in Ages, and then gave you some sort of bonus. You play through Ages. Yeah, you get like a true final... Yeah, and then at the thing. end, it gives you an epilogue, a third chunk, the Revelation equivalent in Fire Emblem, and you get the third thing. So, yeah, granted, cause... and just like uh, Oracles and Seasons, or the Oracle games, Ages and Seasons, they were separate, but they kind of reference each other every so often. Right. This reference each- references a little closer, but it's still more of an Ages Seasons thing to me. That is just Pokemon. Yeah, I, t- I totally yeah. agree. I mean, Pokemon is like you pick one, and you're basically going to have the exact same experience, except swap out Pokemon A for Pokemon B. This yeah. one, you're getting different plot lines. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, you're, you're, yeah I, I agree. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like... Maybe it's more like the Mega Man ones, but I never played those. Oh, so Battle Network? Know. Well, Battle Network was more like Pokemon, where like, it was... You ch- you had different chips. And yeah, different so I didn't know. I, yeah. I never played them. I didn't know as was, was like, Metabots, as was all of those. Um, but yeah, this definitely seems like... It seems to me that an $80, $80 is getting you two full games. It's like Sonic stuff. Adventure 2 Battle. You can have the hero side or the bad guy side. But they split it into two games. They have, different plot, they have different plots, but the gameplay is exactly the same. And then once you beat both, you get an epilogue in the middle. Basically that, yes. Except that game was all in one. Yeah, <laughs> but it's also... Ha- pro- I'm guessing these games are... Le- each one I supposedly is on top of Fire Emblem, and then you got the third one. Which is I'm coming nowhere near beating those, because I suck at beating games. Yeah, but. Sonic was probably, like... The whole thing was part of the length of half of one Fire yeah. Emblem. Yeah, and I mean, also Fire Emblem, I guess because Nintendo's now making two and a half games out of it, uh, the production value's through the roof on this thing. They have all sorts of anime cutscenes. It just looked a really lengthy story. It looks really good. And I, like I said, I already pre-ordered mine. I'm excited. But there's one thing I have to nitpick, and I do have to. Cause the Fallout not... 4 of Nintendo, as far as gameplay, yes. content-wise? Sure. Everything I... else is different. I mean, length, length, length. Length of time. Wait, Fallout 4 is a game that people just like, play like forever. So it's, like, oh, yeah, this is a single player game that yeah. you're just playing forever. And ever. No, that's gonna be Xenoblade Chronicles. Oh, jeez. Which, man. by the way, we we don't really have much to say. This I don't have. I don't know if you do. I don't have much to say in the podcast about it because all the Nintendo announced was, "Hey guys, the game's so big, you're gonna need to download like eight gigs of data now to prepare, even if you buy the retail version." And it's like, well, okay. 
But, uh, yeah, Nintendo World Report did that video where they compared the open world size of Xenoblade versus, I think, Fallout versus Assassin's Creed. No, not Assassin's Creed. Versus something else. And Xenoblade had the biggest open world, which isn't necessarily a good or bad thing. It depends on what you do in that open world. But the fact that it's that huge is insane. But back to my point. The one nitpick I have about Fire Emblem is that, with Fate specifically, is how Nintendo's doing the map packs this time. The DLC maps after release. So, like with Awakening, the game's gonna have, um... DLC, that's essentially just extra maps. So, you know, if in case three whole games aren't enough for you, they're going to add DLC maps. And um, unlike Awakening, they're not waiting for you to get your free map and start buying the others for when the game launches. Instead, they're saying, hey, you know what? You can go to a retailer right now and pre-order your map pack, like today. Which, on one hand, is just a season pass, right? I mean, that's what the other guys have been doing forever. Yeah. But the weird thing is, Nintendo, when they started DLC, Iwata and Reggie both said, we're going to make entire games, and then we're going to only start developing the DLC after the game is done. This feels not Nintendo to me. Doing this season pass that they're calling a map pack, they are clearly, before the game's done, going, okay, we're going to have this much content in the game, then we're going to sell this much I'm like, after. we're good. Like, we're satisfied. Yeah, we're now. good. Because, like, the old Nintendo would cram as much as they can onto the cartridge, mm-hmm. or that time allowed. This one, they are very clearly saying, this content here in this bucket is this for is, the main yeah, game. Yeah, this is worth 40 this, bucks. Yeah, and then this, this we could charge 5 bucks for, sure. So, like, even if they secretly... They're have becoming do, more of a business. They're becoming more of a bit. Well, I mean, they need to for profit, right. but it just, it doesn't feel Nintendo to me. It feels, it's kind of a bummer that they turned this corner. Like, yeah. it, it had to happen. You gotta pay the bill. It had to happen. In that per- I mean, look at Badger Arcade. We'll talk about it later in the show. But, like, that is Nintendo, like, in-app purchasing to an extreme. Isn't that, like, pretty but much the final result of their testing with Rusty's Real Deal Base? Essentially. Except Rusty got haggle, so you almost gotta <laughs> choose your price. This one's just like, give me a buck. And you're like, okay. And <laughs> you give it a buck. But, I mean, it, Nintendo was, like... Or just game it for free. Yeah, exactly. But Nintendo was bound to do this eventually. Just, here's the turning point. This is it. Or even like Mario Golf, where they gave, you know, they charged, when Mario Golf World Tour came out, they're like, well, we don't have a full game here. We'll give you $30 worth of game and charge you $30. And if you want more, we will sell it to you. And it will be available day one. But we realize we're giving you not everything we can, so we're discounting the price. This one, it's like, eh, we kind of hit the goal we need to hit. We'll save the rest to make more money. It just feels un-Nintendo to me. That's all. I'm still excited for the game. I probably will skip the map pack. I probably, yeah, I'll probably skip the map pack, but. So You're excited. not going to skip the map pack. Maybe not. <laughs> but yeah, so that that's like bucket number one of the Nintendo Direct. Um, are you, well, you're not a huge Fire Emblem guy, right? So, nope. So the map pack's not a concern to you. Special edition you're not going to pick up. Definitely not. All right. So the next I bucket... Mean, uh, maybe a few years down the road when... I don't know. I, I don't know when. Like, I, I, w- I would have to play Awakening first. I think this is separate from that. I no, think. no, I know. Like, in general. Because, mm. I mean... Like, this already sounds like more of a investment because you have, like, two whole... Like, if I'm going to play a game, I would want to play the whole thing. Right. So... Or all two and a half of them. Yeah, I'd rather... Case. Like, I'd rather start with, like, just Awakening because that's just its own game. Yeah. But even then, like, I never even finished um, Sacred Stones, just the one we got for the Ambassador. Right. Just because I kind of lost interest. Like, I... I'll be honest. Uh, those are good. Those are basically Advanced Wars of Fantasy games. But with Awakening, it's almost like... They didn't really hit a reset button, but they kind of, like... They progressed it to its natural next stage yeah. in life, which is like full on JRPG anime crazy story situation. Yeah, which is cool. I mean, and they took the feet away from people. Oh. There were no feet. Well, I mean, they got them back. They now yeah. have them back because they realize they can't walk. I mean, it's cool. I mean, like, they definitely like got a bigger hit with that. So, I mean, yeah. yeah. It's, it's funny how, like, Awakening was like the series was on the cusp of being like 
It was more like a reawakening. Yeah, yeah, because Awakening, like, they kept saying, oh, if this doesn't sell, it's done. We're done with, fi with uh, Fire Emblem. And then the game had shortages, and there's, like, chaos, and now Nintendo's, like, going the total opposite. They have this huge collector's edition, and all these different things you can get. And in Japan, they have a trading card game. Like, it's, it's crazy how quick they turned it around. But, but yeah, so that's the RPG Renaissance bucket of the Direct. The other uh, bucket, since we were talking about the Oracle games at the start of this, is uh, Zelda, which had multiple tidbits in the direct the biggest of the bunch of course is confirmation that twilight princess hd is real it is coming to wii u and it's coming in early 2016 on march 4th to be specific now imagine the crazy meltdowns that would have happened if this did not leak and nintendo was able to just do like a note for note recreation of last november's direct where they announced majora's mask 3d this year but with twilight princess hd like the internet would have may not quite exploded as much as majora because i was in the land for so long but it definitely would have generate a lot more buzz. It generated a lot of buzz, but way more buzz if no yeah, one knew this was coming. Kind of, yeah, it was it's kind of like, oh, there it is. Yeah, it's <laughs> another reason, like, like, even if I wasn't, like, hyped about Cloud, it was still awesome to see something that I wasn't expecting. An actual surprise. Like, instead of, like, oh, where is the announcement? Yeah. Even like, Ryu and Roy, like, I don't care about Roy, but it would still have been cool to see Yeah, that. Yeah, like, because I'm sure they would have even presented differently in the direct, because Reggie just came out and he's like, hey, this is the first direct since uh, Mr. Wallace passing. Here's Zelda Twilight Princess. But, like, if they didn't announce it, they might have just led with the footage. Or done, like, you know, dedicated to Mr. Iwata and then just jumped into the trailer with no warning. And yeah. done, like, little teases and then, you know, zoomed out or whatever. Kind of like the original trailer? Yes. Yes. How cool would it have been if they recreated that in HD? But they would need the yelping crowd in it, too. That's <laughs> they could just use the footage they and, just, like, and, just, and just, like, star wipe to the new one. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of what I was expecting to happen during the real trailer. Because yeah, I, I, I was kind of going, like, all right, so is this the Wii one or the Wii U one because it's been so long since I've seen Twilight Princess in motion so mm -hmm. I can't I thought it I I don't know I didn't even notice any difference until like Link started moving around like oh okay the frame rate different looks better I have to go yeah. back and watch a video on graphical comparison that when yeah. I realized that like whoa okay they definitely fixed the textures a lot but yeah my brain just remember like didn't remember that so it didn't look any different I had the exact same experience I, I don't know I guess the biggest problem is like unlike Wind Waker that pretty much already got its look down like with its art style like it didn't really need to add more polygons like the game already looked perfect essentially Twilight? Like, yeah no no Wind Waker oh Wind Waker yeah but this one like because of the art style like they improved the polygons but, I mean they improved the textures but not the polygon count yeah, it's interesting. So it still looks like a Wii game. It's funny, because, like, in the trailer, they, like, zoomed in on all these random pieces of clothing. It's like, look at Princess Zelda's shirt and her hair. Look at Link's, like, chest. Look at Zant's mask. And, and it's I, like, I go, okay, those look good, but the rest of it looks the same at first glance. I saw that yeah. same comparison like, video. Which, yeah. by the way, for those who haven't seen it, um, we linked to it on the blog for this episode, which, again, episode111ramtown.com. Go there, watch the video, because you don't realize how much they've changed. You definitely Until don't. you watch it, and, and you're then, like, oh. And then the other downer kind of is, like, um, <coughs> when you see, when they show, like, the pan of, like, the like the little, like, Hyrule Field or just, like, the castle. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It just kind of makes everything look just dated in general. It's like, very sepia tone. The whole game. Yeah. It, it doesn't have the same effect that, like, Wind Waker had. Because that one is just like, whoa, like, with the bloom lighting and, like, they didn't really have to do much. And it just looked really, really good. You know what they did with this, honestly? They uh, I mean, scaled back the bloom lighting that was in the original because that was there to hide uh, the anti-aliasing that the aliasing that was there. So they scaled back the bloom lighting. So there's actually sharp corners now, 
And then they like removed the Vaseline smear that was all over the Wii one. Because if you look at them side by side, it really looks like you're looking through like a foggy window at the Wii one or the GameCube one. And now the Wii U one, it's just like everything's crisp. It's like you put on a pair of glasses. Yeah, bring back the bloom lighting, I don't know. Yeah, the bloom lighting was kind of a unique thing about that game. Like, it really added to the mood, I feel like. So to the kind Twilight. Of they, to the Twilight. So it's kind of odd that they took it out a little. Yeah, I mean... It does look better. <laughs> like, there's no... It's not as mind-boggling as uh, Wind Waker HD, but I think when you look at it side by side, you're definitely like, okay, someone actually put a lot of work th- into definitely this. an improvement, and I mean... Although it's funny, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, we're, I mean, we're, I mean, we're all gonna get the bundle anyway. I mean, I have to complete my my Triforce trifecta of Zelda remake boxes. So, which brings us to the other thing they announced along with the game, which is it has its own amiibo, of course, because everything has an amiibo now. So this amiibo is actually super cool. You don't even have to try that hard to get it. Every copy of the game is coming with a Wolf Link amiibo. It's Wolf Link with Midna riding it, and it actually looks really, really cool. Like the detail on the rocks that make up its stand. It's one of the few amiibo that doesn't have the round base. It does the, have round base. Oh, is it under the rock? Yeah, it looks oh, weird. I'm dumb. Never mind. I didn't notice that. Yeah, part. it's like the the broken rock on top of that round base. Wait, really? Yep. All right. It, it kind of I don't know. Yeah. That's stupid then. But no, the the, the rest <laughs> of it looks great. Like, cause I didn't even see the base, cause I was so enamored with everything else about it. Oh yeah, it, it definitely has a base. All but, about that base. Yeah, and it was like good for. Oh, pure. you're right. Oh, it's gold. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it looks like it's about to fall off. It does, it does, but the um, it really does. Yeah, but the detail on the rest of it looks great. Like the the um, carvings on the rock, the the Midna's mask, it all looks really good. Mm-hmm. Now, what this amiibo does is a mystery. It, along with every other Zelda character amiibo from the Smash Bros. series, will all be compatible with Twilight Princess in what Reggie called a way to further enhance the enjoyment of the game. It's like, I don't know how that enhances it. It's just another thing to do, but okay. Uh, kind of funny that, like, all those models except for tuning are literally from Twilight Princess. So right, right. It so kind of works sense. out. Yeah, but whatever... The Wolf- Twilight Princess line. They don't even have to make the They don't. Game. Whatever Wolfling does, though, who, again, he comes bundled in the game. You don't need to hunt him down separately. Um, whatever he does, the data that's saved to him is also going to work with the other Zelda coming to Wii U in 2016, which we'll talk about in a moment. But before I do that, I did want to note something real quick. Did you notice who is in charge of this port of Twilight Princess? It's the uh, one you would an never An Australian expect. company? Yes, it is Tantalus. Nice. Now, Tantalus has been... You may have heard that name before because they have a... Because it sounds like the word tantalizing? Sure. Uh, the reason I was bringing it up is that... Uh, they are actually really good at Wii U ports, which gives me a lot of hope for this one. They did the Deus Ex Human Revolution port, which used the gamepad in clever ways. They did the Mass Effect Trilogy port, which is pretty well done. They did those under their alter ego of Straight, uh, straight Right, which is their like mature game label. And for the past year, year and a half, they have been teasing, be it through like various things like interviews or just their LinkedIn profiles, that they are working on an important AAA title Wii U port. And nobody in a million years would have guessed Zelda. To give you an idea of who these guys are, they once developed Funky Barn. Oh, Funky Barn? And now they're making Zelda. Wow. Yeah. They're great at ports. Original games. Eh. But <laughs> they're great at ports. But yes, they did Funky Barn, apparently. Um, but this is actually the first time since Monster Games in 2006 with Excite Truck that Nintendo has teamed up with a new Western third-party developer for something. And if it's anything like the other ones, they might soon come under Nintendo's wing and be second party. Monster Games is second party. They've done the Donkey Kong ports for 3DS. 
Next Level Games up in Canada became second party, essentially. I don't think they technically are, but they basically are. You know, they did Luigi's Mansion and all sorts of stuff. So, and, and then Mario, yeah, and, um, not... Well, Strikers. Yeah, Strikers, and Strikers Charged, yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what Tantalus... It's, it's tantalizing to see what Tantalus is going to do next. But yes, uh, Zelda is now being developed by the Australian developers that brought us a game about Barnes. So that happened in the world. That's real. But I did mention um, the Zelda for Wii U. There were a couple seconds of footage in that direct. There were. I gotta say... Even though it's just the exact same field, it's just a different part of it that we saw at the Game Awards last year. Man, it looks good. I love the new art style. It really pops when you put it side by side with uh, Twilight Princess HD. Like, yeah. It really pops. It looks so nice. They should have probably put um, Ocarina of Time or something because now it makes um, Twilight Princess HD's release look even less impressive. Yeah. Now it's like, oh... Oh, it's just like, okay. I want that, not, not that. Yeah, just... well, the nice thing is it's coming, they reconfirmed it's coming in 2016, and they reconfirmed it's coming to Wii U, which I don't think rules out that NX won't happen. It could be a dual release like its sister game here, Twilight Princess, was. But it's apparently coming to both. Or, sorry, not apparently coming to both. It's apparently <laughs> coming to Wii U, and I think it's coming to both. So, for Wii U owners, that's kind of a nice confirmation that they don't need to buy a new system to play this game. And it also confirms that all the crazy map stuff they've been planning are probably still in there. So, hmm. I don't know. Did I say the connection here that Wolf Link's Amiibo will transfer data no. into... Oh, I should probably say that. Wolf Link... Well, you just heard it. Wolf Link's data will transfer into uh, something, into Wii U Zelda, but they're not saying what. Because they probably don't know yet. They probably don't. It's probably going to be like, congratulations, you unlocked a special badge that Link can wear with a little wolf face on it or something like that. But, but yeah, nonetheless, we are getting two Zeldas this year. Both for Wii U. Next year. This coming year. Thank you. Both for Wii U. So that's happening. So you're getting Twilight Princess because of the Amiibo and to complete your trilogy of remakes with toys, basically? Well, yeah, because I, I mean... Yeah. You were starting to say that before. Yeah, because I have to complete the... The Triforce Trifecta. I feel remakes. like I need to do that too. I don't know why I pre-ordered. Like well, I'm gonna buy it. Then then you need to go get your Wind Waker. Oh, I don't have that. That's right. But no, but I uh, I have I have the game. I just don't have the game. Mm. But yeah, I'm gonna. I already pre-ordered Twilight Princess HD, and I don't entirely know what the motive was. I just like saw it on Best Buy, and, like done, and then afterwards I'm like, why, why? Okay. Mm. I mean, more than anything, I know Elvis will play because he's the one that really liked Twilight Princess and I love Twilight and Princess. Beat it. Wind Waker's my favorite Zelda game, but I, when Twilight Princess came out, came out, I played it a ton as a Wii launch title. I think that was... Launch No, that wasn't his first. He definitely... He beat Wind Waker, but I remember he kind of refuses to play Ocarina of Time just because... It's too old. Yeah, just too dated. Which is the worst argument. Well, I don't know. No. No. I, They've re-released it multiple times. It's new again. If he played Majora's Mask 3D, he should play Ocarina 3D. I, I think his problem was on the pacing. It's just like he's seen that beginning part so many times and it just... It's, it's too slow for him. Like, it just gets boring. And I, and I see what he means. I kind of have to force myself through the first section of it. Like, yeah. I almost, like I almost they released it, it five times. Like, so. like, I'm, like he's, I mean, he, not only that, but he saw me kind of like how I saw him play Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword from beginning to end. He saw me play Ocarina of Time from beginning to end. Mm. So that on top of the fact that it was just it has a very slow beginning, yeah. I like, kind of just made him not interested. I right, mean, and right. Twilight Princess is essentially like the better version of Ocarina of Time. 
I do like Twilight Princess a lot, so that's probably why I bought it. But some, someone on NeoGAF made an interesting point, you know, the, the forum. Oh, uh, that people are now going to play it without Waggle? Because that's how most well, people play well, it? Well, I mean, GameCube had that too. But he pointed out that this is the first GameCube time... GameCube had Waggle? Had no Waggle. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Most people play it without And I was like, well, waggle. if you played it on GameCube, you're right. Most people will play it without. But the thing I found kind of interesting is that uh, for the first time, I think ever in Nintendo's history, we're getting a release on three consecutive generations of consoles. GameCube, Wii, and Wii U will all have the same game, Twilight Princess. They've done virtual console releases like that, where it's multiple systems. They've done, you know, like, just straight digital ports. They've never done a retail release three times in a row of the same game. <laughs> so so there's a milestone of sorts for Nintendo. Um, a different milestone. It came by... Not even... Hmm. Has Sony done that? Yeah. I don't know if Sony themselves has, but Square Enix certainly has. Final Fantasy X can be played on PS2, PS3, and PS4. It's not out for PS4 yet, I don't think, but... So it's not true, then. It will be, though. Oh. It's like, it's being... It was announced. It's yeah, a okay. thing. All right. <laughs> the I, same I, way Twilight is. But uh, another milestone for Nintendo, look at this transition, came by way of the other Zelda news in the Direct, which is Hyrule Warriors Legends, and uh, more specifically, the female Link is now a real thing, and she has the very unfortunate name of Linkle. Yeah, who named her? I don't know, but that name is awful. They might as well just call her Linkette. <laughs> or Linky. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's... Yeah, they had. They actually had a lot of Zelda news in this direct. Because they also had the Triforce Heroes DLC, which we'll talk about when we talk about the game with our impressions later on. But yeah, Linkle was the big one. And she is um, I, pretty much identical to how she looks in the concept art. From or back she, after Hyrule. No, it's just the same. Oh, she has two crossbows instead of one. Well, no, I mean, in the concept art, she had Link's hat, and now she had the hoodie. Oh, that's true. That's true. And she also apparently had a different type of skirt. Oh, well, it's close enough. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, she's basically Link, and actually comes from a small town that has the uh, Kukos, or however you say it, in it. That's literally what they describe her as. And she's Link, except instead of a sword, she's uh, dual-wielding crossbows. So spin attack is now spin kick. Uh, all her attacks with swords are now just using crossbows, and that's it. And the crossbows, by the way, have a nice little nod to crossbow training, the much underrated Wii game. I actually love crossbow training. It's really fun. It's a score attack thing. But, uh, yeah, so that's all happening. And um, unlike Toon Link, Tetra, King of Hyrule, all of which have also been confirmed, we don't know if she will end up as DLC for Hyrule Warriors on Wii U or if she'll be exclusive to the 3DS one. I guess we don't know the same thing about uh, Skull Kid either. Because he was announced as well as playable. I don't know if he's on both. They've only confirmed the Wind Waker characters. Mm-hmm. So I like how when they were um, when, when when they announced like the the all the characters that were coming to Hyrule Legend, they said like like oh you could play um as Toon Link, Tetra, the King of Red Lions as they join Skull Kid in his battle. Like like they yeah. made it sound like they made it like Skull Kid it, was it, the center. Of the yeah, game. like it's Skull Kid's adventure, and he's being joined by Wind Waker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, well, Skull Kid's such an iconic guy, especially with Majora's Master D. That kind of makes sense. Yeah, but but yeah, well, it was kind of a funny, funny way of wearing it. Um, also funny is her name is Linkle. I just want to reemphasize how dumb that is. But uh, it makes hey, sense that she exists. You can't a name the name. No, no they yeah. they could have named her anything. They didn't have to use Link. They could have done like Chain. How would be Link and Chain? How would would you feel? How would you feel if they have just named her Link? Well, they, they could have named her Hyperlink. Like they could just URL. They could have named her Earl. URL. <laughs> I'm done. I'm running out of jokes. But, uh... Wait, what, were, what was your question? Like, what if they had just named her Link? I think that would have been fine. I think it would have been cool if they're like, here's male Link, here's, here's female Link. Have fun. 
Yeah. Like, either use male link with a sword or female link with a crossbow and go out in the world. Because, I mean, the fact of the matter is, the reason she exists is, like, a perfect storm of situations that make sense for a female link to finally be a thing. I mean, one, uh, Nintendo's demographic is 50-50 now. Half the gamers are men, half are women, so they're trying to appeal to that more. We've talked about before, also, Mario Kart has so many women, Smash Bros. has so many women. It's to, you know... Not if the deal fee. Huh? Not if the deal fee, the evolving guys. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's interesting, actually. But but in terms of the core count... Me too, that for debate, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But the core count is, is 50-50. And then second, uh, we talked about this last episode, and a few episodes ago, when talking about Nintendo's financial report, they kept saying they want to appeal the 3DS to women now, which is why they're releasing games like Happy Home Designer, Style Savvy 3, that sort of thing. Going, hey, you know the famous Zelda series? We now have the female version of Link could entice some people to get a 3DS that might not have, or someone who has a 3DS has another game to buy. You know, a woman who might buy for Happy Home Designer or something. And then it exposes them to a new genre and a new franchise, and they buy the next Zelda and yada yada yada. So it makes sense from that perspective to do Linkle, but I don't know why they couldn't have just done pick Link, pick a gender. I mean, they do it with Pokemon trainers in the Pokemon games, but I guess, I guess the difference there is they're exactly the same person. Yeah, I mean, it kind of does look like they're trying to make Linkle more her own, own thing. thing. Yeah, uh, no. but d- did you see what Game Explain noticed? Uh, separate from Linkle in the High Rewarders trailer from the direct, uh, they were watching the footage. Oh, the whole I am error, error thing. yeah, error. That if that is real, that is the best fan service possible. We so we linked to the um, to the error fan site, like and all the error fans. Yeah, all there. well, no, but every Zelda fan knows I am error. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's a cool nod. I'm yeah. not saying... Fanservice doesn't have to be like, oh, we hear you, fans of Epona. You can now play <laughs> as the horse. Like, it just has to be a nod to something that fans yeah. don't appreciate. That's all. I don't know. I, 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 I guess to me it's just more like, like oh, they did do that. Oh, well, it's just, well, it's just extra, just extra fans. But for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, we have a video. I think we linked to the video. We're going to link to the video on the blog. But uh, for those who don't know what we're talking about, basically in the CG trailer of Linkle, there's a guy, a rather burly man with a beard and a kind of squared off face who looks like a 3D version of another burly man with a beard and kind of squared off face known as Error in Zelda 2 Adventures of Link, and he's the guy that would always just say, I am Error. And he lives on in 3D. Potentially. But, I don't know, it's just a minor thing. It's like an Easter egg, but I just think it's really yeah. cool that it's there. Because, you know, just really piling on the fan service here. That was my favorite, one of my favorite things about the original Hyrule Warriors when we reviewed it here on the show, is that I was like, I love the amount of fan service. Like, everything is a reference. And now they're finding out, they're finding ways to double down on that, which is kind of cool. <laughs> Everything around. Everything. It's just like literally, like you turn that, on the game. That wooden fence. Same one from. <laughs> same a link one to the past when you're walking down that thing. See that press start? We <laughs> copy paste that right out of Ocarina of Time. But yeah, it's it's just cool that I mean, they. Yeah, I like when they do uh, stuff uh, like that. I'll, I'll give it that. But yeah, we'll find out if he's actually uh, error, as well as get to play Linkle for the first time when the game launches on March 24th. Which you are getting right. I, mean, I am unsure. At this time, I mean, you have if to now. Linkle, uh, yeah, I know, but it depends. They say they're gonna. Don't do... you want like something else that your 3ds is um, can handle a little better? That's because I mean, you didn't even get Xenoblade, oh, so you don't even that's have. That's true. My new 3ds, this runs in 3D on the new 3ds. It does not on the exactly. old. Exactly. Yes, I will buy it. <laughs> I, I, I said it here first. I'll probably buy it. Honestly, I probably Man, will. this is the podcast I first did. I know. I probably will buy it this because, like, well, besides that, just. Um, there's supposedly new content, like new dungeons and stuff, too. That's why I read from a Japanese report at some point that was roughly translated. Did uh, you even get to dungeons in the first one? Yeah, like, when you start the game, it's like, there's a dungeon, go. And I'm like, 
complete. <laughs> I turned off the game and, and put it on the shelf. That's enough. Uh, cool, I entered a dungeon. I did it, guys. Uh, but no, I Zelda. I Zelda. Is this how you Zelda? Uh, but yeah, I, I, I might get it. I don't know. I do find it interesting, though, that it's coming out March 24th because that's that has become the unofficial Nintendo major franchise spinoff day. Or week that March twenty fourth that week. Also, That's um, when Metroid Prime Hunters launched back in the day. That's when Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon launched. That's when the Mar- Mario Party ten launched. There's a history. That's when Pokemon Mystery Dungeon once launched. Now that I think about it, there's a history of games that aren't major franchise entries but spinoffs of major franchises coming out in late March. I don't know why, but this one is just the latest in the series. So, so there's that. Yeah. Yeah. The other big franchise in the direct, separate from Zelda, which had just as much news as Zelda, is uh, Pokemon. And much like Zelda, Pokemon is also celebrating a major anniversary in 2016. So Zelda's turning 30, and they're tying that in with the release of the Wii Zelda. Meanwhile, Pokemon's turning 20, and they're tying into that with all sorts of oh, things. Oh, they're so young. I know, so young. They can't even drink yet. But they're they're tying that in with all sorts of things, kicking off with an anniversary um a celebration of sorts by releasing Pokemon Red version, Blue version, and Yellow version in their original Game Boy form on the 3DS Virtual Console. And they're coming out February 26th, which is day and date when they launched on Game Boy way back in 1996 in Japan. I think it's really cool that they still managed to um, allow them to connect with each other yes. with Wi-Fi. Well, Th- that's the or new... just with the wireless. Yeah, that's But the no fast-forward feature. Fast-forward. From Pokemon Stadium? Oh, yeah. Well... well yeah, the games feel like I will most likely not get them, but I think it is really cool, and I think it, it I think it is important that they're out now, especially because I know a lot of people that never played them. No, that have played them, but um, like that pretty much gave up on Pokemon after the second generation, and that's like they're like back in my day, Pokemon the first one fifty. But I don't know, like this is a really cool. I don't know thing that I know a lot of people will get. The nostalgia is going to be through the roof. It, honestly, like. I don't know, like, I want to say, like, I won't get them, but at the same time, just the fact that you could connect with them is just kind of cool. I, I just feel like it'd be kind of sort of battle. Yeah, in, or trade. In, in, a, in a time when there was no such thing as EVs or IVs or... That's what I'm excited about. That's what I'm excited about. Okay. Where, I'm going to be that guy's like, the original 150. Where Hyper Beam was a physical attack instead of a special attack because it was a normal move. Weren't those the days? <laughs> where a lot of things just didn't make sense. No, but honestly, that's exactly what I'm excited for, and that is why I'm getting it. Because basically, a level I, Charizard is going to be the same no matter what. My what? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. But my favorite Pokemon of all time is Gold and Silver, which is not what this is. Pokemon game? Yeah, I was expecting to say like an oh. actual Pokemon. Oh no, no, no! My favorite Pokemon <laughs> is the Earth Element Gold. What is your favorite Pokemon? These days, I don't know. It used to be Tangela when I was a kid. Really? Yeah, because he's so weird and random. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, but uh, I don't know what it is today. But, but no, I'm excited for this because Gold and Silver are my all-time favorite versions of Pokemon. But I like Gold and Silver and I like Red and Blue because exactly what you said, the simplicity. I get the flourishes. EV training, I see the appeal. Uh, the, the, the fashion show, It's one of those games, things that the have to Pokemon happen for it to stay up to date. Exactly. Yeah. Like, all that makes total sense as to why it exists. Mega evolutions. Like, all that makes sense and they're fine and dandy and whatever. But there's something like just so pure and simple about just catch, train, battle. And I'm excited to be able to play a Pokemon game again that on a functional system with a normal save battery that actually goes back to just you capture, you train, yeah, you like, battle, like the idea, and repeat. It's like, it's refreshingly like, simple. Like, if, if, if I was down with the idea, like, I'd actually be willing to get it because then it'd be like, 
if Pokemon at its simplest, it's like, oh, like, it'd be interesting to see if any kind of, like, because now that you could play against other people, and the, with that, in current consoles, um, I wonder if there'll be any kind of metagame that develops from it, it's like, oh, just, like, train up these, like, all these Pokemon, and just, like, try to figure out, like, what the best combos are. Oh, I'm sure that's Pretty much take happen. the fun out away from it that, that you would... Yeah, I'm like, I love the simplicity. You're like, how can we rip it apart and rebuild it as something bigger? <laughs> it's like, no, no, don't do that. Uh, well, it doesn't have... Um, you can't connect to the internet with it, so... That's true. So, so, so and the fact that they that. even got wireless in there is impressive, because, like, they basically are tricking the emulator into thinking it's running a link cable between the system when it's not. Like, that's, that's not... Not bad. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I'm super excited. And Nintendo knows this is a big deal. At least in Japan, they know. It's been a know. long time coming. Now that people are going to be expecting them to release Gold and Silver. Well, this is the first time Game Freak... Sapphire. This is the first time Game Freak has actually said, yeah, okay, we'll release the OG, like the original core mainline games. They've done the spin-offs. They've yeah, done Puzzle they, League. They've done they Train Card Game. They've very, Pinball. like... Like holding Pokemon close to their chest, like no, because they want to keep remaking it. Because they want cold, lifeless, dead hands. But they're still alive. Here are five more mystery dungeons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you want red and blue? Well, we're gonna give you a and super but, mystery and dungeon. And bazillion puzzle games of Pokemon. Yeah, but you can't have the games people actually want. Yeah, like hey, you guys, you really want the mainline Pokemon? Well, you know what? We want to have you fill out numbers in Pokemon Pacross. How's that sound? Eh. Eh? I mean, Pokemon Pacross is going to be free to start, so I can't pick on it too much. Like, if you don't like it, you don't have to keep playing it. I've actually never played a Pacross game. It looks kind of fun. It does look kind of fun. Uh, I'm kind of curious about it. But anyway, this <sighs> is... It's so bothering me that they didn't do any Woolly World costumes with it. It's just like... Hmm? They're oh, for Pokemon? Yeah, because yeah, Pokemon Company has their own weird rights. At least they're in Mario Maker. I know, which makes it even more like... Cut. like yeah. Well, keep in mind, Woolly World came out before Mario Maker and the rest of the world yeah. by a good margin. But, uh, but yeah, no, this is, like, a big deal, because it's the first mainline franchise franchise entry and all that, and it's the anniversary, and I mean, it's I the original. negative. There's nothing negative. <laughs> oh, no, there is one thing negative. In Japan, Nintendo knows how important this is. So in Japan, you can get a physical recreation of the red, blue, yellow, or green, because remember, they had the extra version, box. They no, released, no I'm, talking they, about, I'm talking about having Yoshi Pokemon costumes. Oh, I have no idea. Like, like I'm trying to think of a downside I'm for them. I'm talking about the awesomeness of red, blue, and yellow coming back. But I don't think there is anything negative, except it's Pikachu diluted into a Yoshi. <laughs> no I can accept pure Pikachu. I don't know. But what I was going to say is in Japan, they're coming out with these box sets where you can get the original versions of the game in a physical recreation of the box. In the box is a physical recreation of the cartridge as a magnet with the sticker art and everything. They have the manual that's a recreation, but it's all just stickers. They have um, a town map, like a recreation of the town map that came with the original game all that and a download code and it costs like the same price or slightly more than just downloading what it originally cost (laughs) yeah no then yeah the downloading from the eShop for that nostalgia well no yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. hey you can buy for 8 bucks on the eShop or how about 40 but uh, (laughs) but no if you sell it at the collector's edition I'm sure you'll still sell but I I don't know how they're selling it over there but whatever it is why aren't they doing why aren't they doing it here Nintendo I know you don't have like a physical presence for eShop games as much as you do in Japan but that thing would sell Honestly, it would sell. I would buy it. That's I, I one. I wonder that I would buy all three. Like, at, see, that's four, four purchases already. In Nintendo. So I mean, if you want to take the idea and run with it, be my guest. You can do it. We we won't buy. It. Also, uh, Japan's getting another thing actually on the virtual console that we're not getting. Well, I don't know why. Getting it, getting. Mother three. I have no idea why Nintendo's doing this. Not here, but in Japan, in December, Mother three from Game Boy Advance is going to launch on the Wii Virtual Console. 
and maybe we'll get it one day. Maybe they're wait, maybe they're waiting until they formally announce Lucas Amiibo. See, that's what I was thinking. Is possibly it'd be a surprise release alongside Luke. Well, they did formally announce Lucas. It comes out January twenty second with the wave two of uh, Animal Crossing. So maybe we'll get a surprise release of Mother Three on Virtual Console then. But well, I mean they haven't tweeted it. Yes, they have. It's have in the direct. Lucas? Yes. Oh no! Oh, you're right. Yes. You're right. You're right. You're Someone right. didn't pay attention to the direct. Oh, you're right. <laughs> I was I was confused with um the other ones. Oh, the other ones. Yeah. We'll get to those. Yeah. Like, the the ones that got leaked. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like the chances that we're going to get Mother 3 for real are better now than ever before since we got Earthbound Beginnings at E3, which means Nintendo's actively willing to translate Earthbound games that never came out here. Because, you know, Beginnings was just the NES Earthbound that was never released. And now we have Mother 3, which can easily be Earthbound 2 in the States. So maybe there's hope, but uh, I think yeah, I think coinciding it with the Lucas Amiibo, or if they really want to boost sales of the Lucas Amiibo, buy the Lucas Amiibo, get exclusive first access to Mother Three on Virtual Console two weeks for anyone else or a mm. month for anyone else. That could be kind of cool. Feel free to steal that idea, Nintendo. By all means, um, you don't have to pay me. But but yeah, so that's also happening. So no, you're on the eShop page. I scan your Amiibo now. Yeah, that that <laughs> would be if we if we thought the plastic paywalls were bad with like the shovel knight, like you have to unlock. You have to use your Amiibo to unlock special stages. Like, imagine, <laughs> do you want to buy this game from us? Well, you need to buy this other thing first. That, <laughs> Only people that buy the Lucas Amiibo can buy the game. That would be that'd actually be bad. Because those are the yeah. true fans. The true Earthbound fans. All the Starman.net guys would be buying them, like, 20 of them at a time. But, uh, yeah, so that's happening in Japan. Earthbound, uh, Mother 3, and Pokemon getting the physical release. But around the world, we're all at least getting Pokemon, te- uh, Pokemon Tournament in the spring. Um, that was the other big thing they talked about in direct relating to Pokemon is Pokemon Tournament, or sorry, as Bill Trennan calls it, which I guess is the proper pronunciation, Pokken, or no, Pokken Tournament, and it's part of the Tekken franchise. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't exaggerate that much, but did you notice how he I'm said it? say Pokken. Because everyone says Pokken and Tekken in the US, but Bill, who knows Japanese, is saying it properly, which is like Pokken and Tekken, but you say it quick enough, but you do the double Ks. So Pokken. Pokken, Tekken. So every time he said in the direct, he's like, in Pokken tournament. Yeah. So um, anyway, what they announced is, uh, it's actually kind of big news because I think it's the first time they've done something like this. Mewtwo is going to have a special mega evolution created just for Pokken tournament called Shadow Mewtwo. And it didn't really say... a new mega evolution. I mean, he's just dark. He's not in any other game, though. That's just Mega Mewtwo X. But he's different now. Just black. Right. He's not... They've never done that before. They've never taken a Pokemon that existed and Shadow changed Mew- it. Shadow Lugia? Damn it, they haven't. <laughs> Wait, wasn't that... Yeah. Yes, Gale right. of Darkness. It was right, like... Gale of Darkness. And kind of like uh, this one where it's like it's straight up Mega Mewtwo X with an orange crystal coming out of him. Shadow Lugia had like weird eyebrows that were kind of evil looking. See, that's what I was going to ask you after I presented this. As, like, as fact, I was going to be like, so have they ever done this before? But I guess they did. Yeah, they did. Well, never mind. But still, it's a rare, it's a rare treat. Well, yeah, it is rare. I mean, but but it it it, it, it honestly just feels lazy. It's like <laughs> it's like oh, dark. I mean, well, Dude, I, it can't be much lazier than saying here's Pikachu in a sumo outfit. Have fun. Which uh, actually is adorable, and I really want to use it. In the I want to say yeah. Yeah, you know what might be lazier because it's not cute. Because you're literally just taking a Pokemon that is already like kind of labeled as evil and just eviling or more evil and, and just putting the very generic cliche dark or shadow in front of it like oh here's dark link 
Shadow Link. I mean, Shadow Link. Sure, it's called Fierce Deity. Mewtwo and been done with <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's like, oh, I mean, fighting games, I guess, are, I feel like they kind of for doing just take like a dark, here's, yeah. here's dark, evil, here's evil Ryu, here's evil. They said they call him Mewtwo. evil Mewtwo. That would have been lazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, but dark is also like just a Well, he's thing. shadow, not dark. He's shadow. In Japan, he's dark. In America, he's shadow. You can't even. The hedgehog. He wields two guns. Yeah, that, 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 that's the epitome of it, where it's like not even yeah. a shadow Sonic, it's just shadow. It just yeah. kind of stopped at that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but but what's interesting is, um, for I those mean, who get the first run of the game, and this is definitely another example of Nintendo going like, how can we boost early sales? If you get a first run of Pokémon Tournament, or Pokémon, you will get a shadow Mewtwo amiibo card, which will let you instantly unlock him. If you don't get the first run, you have to actually unlock him by playing the game. Gasp. Which, How dare they make you play the game? Which, surprisingly, um, I don't know, I was reading something where apparently to unlock Mewtwo in the game, you have to lose a 2 out of 3 set. You have to lose? Yeah, you have to lose. I'm going with the Amiibo card. Done. <laughs> <laughs> I'll lose anyway, but I'll intentionally lose. Yeah, I don't know, it just seems yeah. kind of weird. It's that like, if you're weird. playing the arcade, it's like, oh, you lose. And cause, so, because this essentially, I guess it didn't leak, because it was... And it was officially released in an arcade. Someone lost, and then they recorded the footage of them finding Mewtwo. Mewtwo? Shadow Mewtwo? Yeah, Shadow Mewtwo. Oh. Yeah, so, this, so, like, this is so been, that's how he leaked. Okay. So, like, I think this was, like, a few weeks ago. Like, I remember I saw the fight, and it was just, like... Yeah, and then he was announced in Japan prior to the Direct because of that. Yeah. And then announced in the Direct. Mm. Huh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Oh, um, I will say, it's... I forgot to mention this when we were talking about Zelda, but the way that, like, Pokémon Tournament has the, um... You know, the Amiibo card for first run. Anyone who pre-orders uh, Twilight Princess HD will get a soundtrack. Oh, So, cool. if you have any that, interest that in it, is really good. it's a really good soundtrack. So, if you have any interest in it, anyone listening, go go now, pause this, run to your nearest store, pre-order, or, you know, just go to a website while you listen to us. That works. Like, I don't know how they handled it, but just, like, the dynamic music they had, that I think since... It was since um, Twilight Princess they started doing dynamic music. Wind in, Waker had it in boss fights. Oh, you're right. Where Wind like, Waker just had notes when you hit the. Where enemy. where it was just like boss battle music, dun dun, dun and then as soon as like you get there, like weakness revealed, like you get like more high pitched like horns and like different like a different tune that sounds like really upbeat, like oh you're like slashing at the, at the weak point, like get your adrenaline rush on or something. Yeah, and then goes back to normal. Yeah, so, I don't know. I, I, I hope the music. They, I love the music in Twilight. No, yeah, that, that was definitely the the high piece when we went to that orchestra. That yeah, was cool. the Zelda Symphony 25th anniversary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was that was good. Yeah, but but Pokemon tournament. Um, so you, I mean, you're a fighting game fan, and you're a Pokemon fan. See, what's your take on this? Like, as someone who likes both worlds, does the hybrid work for you? Like, is it something like you, there's more footage in this direct than there's been officially released in a while? Like, what what do you think? Because for me, I'm just like. I'm a casual fighting fan, and I like Pokemon, so sure, I'll buy it. But, like, is there something that... Like, when you see it, is there, like, it's, this is done wrong, this is done right? Uh, I don't know. It, it, it's funny, like, the that fight that I saw with Mewtwo, like, yeah. with Shadow Mewtwo, and yeah, yeah. they were using a Gengar. That fight kind of made the game look a little boring. Because um, Gengar essentially was locking Mewtwo, like, from doing anything with just two attacks. It was just doing left punch, right punch, left punch, right... And Mewtwo just was just shielding the whole time. And it's an AI computer, so it's like... Yeah. Like, wow. Like, Are you sure they weren't just making the footage? No. It's I guess they were trying to make it as dynamic as possible. I mean, if, I mean, eventually, like, Mewtwo kind of broke out of it and yeah. looked a little evil. But, I don't know. For me, like, mm-hmm. probably because it's Pokemon, like, it's very touchy. Like, 
since Weavile's in the game, and mm-hmm. I love Weavile, it's like one of my, my favorite Pokemon. Like, that's like probably my main reason to Weavile. I don't know like, why, but when you say Weavile, I was thinking of Weevil, the little, like, bug Pokemon. Oh. The caterpillar guy with the Weedle? horn. Weedle? Or Weedle, I mean, not Weevil, Weedle. Oh. When you said Weavile, I thought Weedle. I'm like, that's your favorite? And I and I thought Tangular was weird. Oh, no, Weavile. Sorry, continue. Yeah. I think I love Weavile, like, that's like my main reason to get it. If Weavile wasn't in the game, I'd probably be more like. Like, well, I guess I, yeah, I like Pokemon and fighting games, so I guess I'll try it out. But, but, legitimately but because we've all been it, I'm like, oh man, I want to get, I want to use Weavile and see how long that goes. Right, right. I'm pretty sure. So definitely hopefully, fantastic. Most people don't notice the boringness that you notice because I am pretty sure, and by pretty sure, I mean like 95% positive that uh, this game is their big spring into summer game. Like the last couple of years, I don't know if you know, all they would say in the direct is it's coming spring, right? But spring of 2016. But in the last couple summers, end of May, we got Mario Kart 8 two years ago. Uh, end of May last year, we got Splatoon. Pokemon Tournament feels like a shoe in as the continuing of this, like, school's out, get a game to play with your friends during the summer that's online. Hey, look, here's Mario Kart, here's Splatoon, yeah. and now Pokemon Tournament. And to back that claim, Amazon Italy randomly posted a, a release date for the game of April or sorry May 29th which sounds just about right like when 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 Amazon makes up a date it's usually like December 31st or the last day of the month or something but May 29th fits Nintendo's pattern where they've seen great success with Mario Kart and even more success with Splatoon in terms of raising a new IP and now if you got a Pokemon fighting game that probably has online yeah i'm i'm betting on May 1st and i mean Department. to be fair this is just, um, I mean, from arcade footage, so, uh, I mean, most of these people probably don't even, like, play this game long enough to, like, I guess, really, like, dig deep into the mechanics and, like, yeah. figure out exciting matches. I mean, like, even when they had it at, um, I forgot what tournament it was, but they had, like, a little tournament and they got people to represent it. Right. I mean, they only got to play it for a few hours. I mean, they'll get the moves down, but it's, it's, not, it's, it's, not, it's not until it comes out on console that we'll really see, like... More exciting matches. It's just right now, like, as the game's been presented, it doesn't look too exciting. But, I mean, maybe that will change. Maybe it'll be way more dynamic because people actually start to know, like, how to dodge attacks, how not to just get stuck in shield stun or something. The game seems made for online multiplayer. In the same way Splatoon was, in the same way Mario Kart is. It it just feels like that type of game where it's like, you you invest time and energy into this community. You learn all these strategies. You learn these new techniques. And then you discover all these things that even the developers may not have thought of. And in an arcade, you can't do that. I completely agree with you. In an arcade, you have 10 minutes, and you're like, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, like, unless you want to stay there and spend, all like, a lot of money, which some people did back in the day, because that was their yeah. way to play. Like, But it's not as true yeah, today. Yeah. You go to Dave & Buster's, you have a couple of beers, you play some games, you don't learn how to master fire hopping in Mario Kart yeah, arcade. That, that's why, like, that doesn't happen. That's why, like, well, it does, like, bring down the hype a little, just because, I mean, sometimes, like, when you do watch an arcade game, sometimes they can be exciting to watch. Yeah. But, like, even someone just kind of just playing around with it doesn't really seem too exciting to watch. But I take that with a grain of salt because, again, they probably haven't played it that long. They probably could do something else. Right, um, right. Yeah. So I, I, think it's a, I think it's a really good fit for that May window. I think I think Nintendo kept, I wouldn't say Splatoon-level success because that's an anomaly, but they could definitely, it could hold its own as Nintendo's big summer title when people have time to learn all the mechanics and sit down and invest in figuring out what works and doesn't, and then make... Basically, the players will make the game better than Nintendo could ever imagine. They just sort of got the ball rolling. The Namco Bandai gets the ball rolling for them, basically. I mean, it has the potential. It is Pokemon, yeah. and it is a fighting game, and I like, I, I thought it was amazing that I met someone over the summer that, like, this is after Pokemon Tournament was announced. And, for Wii U? Yeah, or, for Wii U. Yeah. 
Oh no, no, just in general. In general. Um, and they had no idea about it, but but they told me like, but they were telling me like, oh man, you know, it'd be my dream game if they get, take a fighting game, and just take Pokemon in it, kind of like like Tekken, but like, but not like Smash Brothers, but like an actual fighting game. And then I showed him the trailer, and then he like his head exploded. Yeah, like literally, like there was like blood everywhere. So <laughs> and unfortunately, he pretty much had to play it because he's dead. Pretty much your typical like YouTube reaction video, and I was like, oh wow, people actually do do that when they're not on camera. <laughs> wow, people get excited in real life. Interesting. Yeah, but I, I, I'd like to feel that. Yeah, someday. I think this thing, this thing, <laughs> to, to that, that level. That sounded sad. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I definitely feel excited about games, but well, I don't know. I don't want to experience. It, it's joy. definitely, it's definitely not gonna show much. Yeah, I think, I, I think, think you're like um, that too. Me? Yeah. yeah, I hold. I don't get visually excited. Yeah. Yeah, I'm somewhat low key in that regard. Yeah, you, you'll you'll see like my you, you'll see me smile and a tear will fall, but that's probably it. Like at the Zelda concert. But, um, wow. yeah, I'll call you out on the air. No, but I was going to say that, uh, yeah, with me, Beautiful. I just get super chatty about stuff and go into way too much detail about stuff when I'm excited. I mean, you probably heard, people that listen to podcasts, I'm sure have heard when I'm really excited about a game that I'm, we're talking about playing. I just go way too much into it. But, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, I think, I think Pokemon Tournament has some, some potential as a spring release, and there, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens, that's for sure. But one other major spring release for Wii U that was talked about in the Direct is Star Fox Zero, Man, which is, is now a spring release. That's quite the delay. Yeah, so Nintendo, for those who don't recall, was supposed to come out next weekend, November 20th, and then Nintendo said, hey guys, we're devel- we're delaying it till Q1 2016. <laughs> well, that's the thing. They said give us three more months. Q1 goes from January to March. They Didn't just they say April? I yeah, because they casually delayed it a second time and no one noticed. Because if you, if you read the original thing, it's like um. Q1. April is just into Q2. Q2 starts April 1st. So they very cleverly gave they themselves a that. second delay. <laughs> but yeah, it now is coming out on uh, April 22nd, to be precise. And in, uh, be precise. And in the Direct, uh, Nintendo showed off some new features. They um, Bombs are back. The only reason I'm pointing this out is because when I played it at E3, I forgot to mention it on the podcast, but I played it at E3, as you know, and there were no bombs in the demo at all that I could find. And I was like, what? That's such a weird omission. Like, I get it. The game's in development. It's being, deep, you know, it's way deep in development. It's nowhere near done. Here's a level. Here's enemy placement. How are there no bombs? Like, how? <laughs> That's a very crucial part of a lot of Star Fox levels. But I just, I completely forgot about it a couple days later when we were talking about it. At the time, I was just like, what? But now there are bombs. So there's one thing. The more significant thing they announced is... Uh, transforming tanks. Yes. Much like you can have the R-Wing transform into a ground vehicle called the Walker, you can Chicken. have the it's a chicken you can have the landmaster transform into a hovercraft in the air called the uh grav master you see because it's mastering gravity you see and separately they now have the gyrocopter they still have the gyrocopter but now uh it's little wally it's it's kind of looks like a hybrid of wally and rob yeah but they had this adorable little they call it the direct eye and it's still it's exactly how it was at e3 and how they've announced it in the past you have the game pad you move it around that's your first person view of what this little drone is seeing on the ground He's like a little RC drone. But he now has an adorable voice. He sounds like a baby. And he's this itty-bitty little Rob Wally hybrid, which is great. And speaking of Rob, they also confirmed in the trailer that uh, Rob is still manning the Great Fox. Rob 64, I should say. Yeah. He's still manning the Great Fox, which uh, makes me happy because I always liked Rob 64 as a kid. Aww. Yes. There's no merchandise of him. That's There's not. There should be. I There's hope... barely any merchandise of Star Fox in general. They need more plushies. Oh, Star Fox characters. They need... Are there any? 
I don't think I've ever seen a fox push you. I think I've watched you unravel in real time. <laughs> I, I'm just kind of... Because I feel like the way that... Because <laughs> you just went like... I mean, just the sequence of events. They need more merchandise. Is there merchandise? Are there plushes? There need to be plushes. No, they're not plushes. How are there not plushes? Like, you're just like... I mean, wow. even like... The Pikmin franchise has plushies. There will be amiibo. There have been. Here's what's weird. In the direct... They showed footage. They announced Rob. They announced... Or they show Rob. They announced the release date. They do not bother mentioning anything about Amiibo, even though if you go to Star, Fox's, uh, Star Fox Zero's website, there's a giant Amiibo logo. And they also don't mention anything about online support. Last we heard, officially, it's a single-player experience. Yet if you go to the website, they have legal disclaimer about online experiences are not rated by the ESRB. Clearly Miiverse posts. Potentially. That could still only be single player and be Miiverse. That like you can only see on your cockpit to block but, the view. You know? But but why is the Amiibo logo there? And they also have some... Clearly Arwing skins like that... Um, oh, don't, don't ruin one. this for me. <laughs> you remember that Jet one? If uh, you're thinking of Ace, uh, Ace yeah. Combat. Ace Combat? For, for new yeah, yeah, that. It's going yeah. to be that. Well, I like things going to be bigger because they also have legalese about multiplayer. Like multiple accessories needed. You know, where, you know how like every oh, time a, they show a multiplayer... Game and, some controls so that you could play for split screen co-op. That wouldn't be bad. I want dogfight. I mean, though. I I don't see why they wouldn't put at least that. They'll do. Yeah. This does have the potential to have. Mm-hmm. See, look. Uh, like I would say, like this would also have like the potential to be an even cooler multiplayer experience. But since you can't get out of your vehicle thus far, as we've seen, like you won't be able to. I, I mean, know that's the wording like, in Bill Trennan's I mean, script like, for it. Because like they have so many cool vehicles now that it's like I would want to like jump in between them in multiplayer, like destroy my enemies, like. Airship, and now you have to, to go like, level by level. Or I guess I could just go back to assault, because or you could just play the new Star Fox with its weird motion. Well, I mean, controls. I'll almost like we play it and then go back to assault. There you go. <laughs> You'll be like, this will do for now, but not for long term. But uh, yeah, I will say the new footage looks better. The same. No, so, it looks know. a little better. Nintendo World Report did, I didn't notice this when watching the footage directly, but Nintendo World Report did a side-by-side video of E3 and this, because they show a lot of the same levels, and they fixed a lot of the lighting. It actually looks, they fixed, the, they put more dynamic lighting, they adjusted the color palette, so it actually looks more natural. The shadows are better. It still has that kind of on-purpose, basic look. Yeah. But it looks more like a polished, finished product than at E3, well, which is um, the last time we saw it. I mean, it. like, it was just like Twilight Princess where it's like, oh, it looks better, I think. I'm yeah. not sure. Let me go yeah. back and look at footage. Oh, it does. Yeah, that's basically it. But Because I have confirmation. But it, yeah, it is basically cleaner now. Um, yeah, it's, it's baby steps, I guess. But but at least at least it's kind of together a little. I mean, for what it's aiming to do, it seems like it's doing it really, really well. So, I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. To that, so. Yeah, I mean, the controls it, are kind of strange it, it, it's, when it's, I played it. I'm hoping they make those a little less finicky. It was... I mean, it worked. There's just a learning curve. Yeah. So if they can figure out how to do the two screen, like first person cockpit, third person around the like swinging around the ship, if they can marry those a little tighter, those words don't go together. <laughs> but if they could do that, it would it would definitely improve it because it was fun. I liked it. It just wasn't finished clearly. Well, they still have time to improve that. The the one thing that's really annoying though is in oh, the footage, they still the world still looks too empty. There's still too few ships, still. Like, I know, they're trying to run 60 frames per second on both screens, and that's really intense for the processor of the Wii U, and yada, yada, yada. See? Power limitations. Power limitations. Yeah. But, but, 
it doesn't matter how downsize much. the quality of the enemy ships. I don't know. Or downscale <laughs> them. I mean, I don't know. Just put, like, dozens of Everything them. Everything that we're looking polygon and just literally make them flying Just make them flying pyramids. pixels. <laughs> just have it be a pixel that's coming at you, and as it comes into view, it loads. Oh, then they can have millions. <laughs> I know. That would be awesome. I mean, literally, Star Fox 64, there is a level. It's the satellite moon thing right outside of um, Andross's home planet. And it is towers of red squares that shoot lasers at you. They didn't even bother rendering a cannon. It is a red square that shoots lasers at you. But because it's a red square, they were able to put a lot of them. So, do that. I don't care. Just It feels, especially after seeing footage of like Star Wars Battlefront, which granted is on next-gen uh, hardware. That game looks amazing. It does. But the amount of things in the air is just so much more. Star Fox 64, I feel like, had more things in the air than Zero did in that footage. So if they fix that... I am happy. If they don't fix that, I'll still probably enjoy it just in smaller yeah. combat situations. And just to gush a little, like, I always thought of, um, Battlefront was going to be like, oh, this one's going to look good in traders, but like, I'll wait till I play it. And then I got to play it at my, at Elvis's, um apartment. Like, his, uh-huh. room, his roommate, like, had, he built his own computer. Oh, yeah, he, he had access to the beta? Yeah, and he had, and he had the beta running. So I was crazy. playing it, and I was like, whoa, like, it actually does look that good. That's, it was just it was crazy. Battlefront looks super good. Like I, that's one of the few. There are a few times a year I'm jealous of people that own next gen. Yeah, systems, it was definitely. I'm a Nintendo guy, as you know. It was one of the first times since like those next gen consoles came out that I actually went like, whoa, for the graphics. Like Battlefront, some to some extent, Fallout, just like see what the hype's about. There are a few games a year that I'm really like. I wish this was on Nintendo somehow. And Battlefront, I think, is the top of the list this year. It just looks crazy. Playing at Concom was fun. Yeah, yeah. It it just looks like it's. It almost feels like what Star Fox should be, in many ways. Which like, is I'm, why it's so good. They like I'm almost tempted to get it, release. even though like I could also care less about Star Wars in general. I mean, it's also a good ju- game's a good game. Oh, yeah, Dude, Rogue Squadron's awesome. No, yeah, that's. I mean, it, yeah. it is a, like I I got actually had um Battlefront two on when I had a PC and it was really fun, just like shooting around, getting the turning into a Jedi once in a yeah. while. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's episode good- one pod racing. Episode one as a movie was. What? But episode one is a pod racing video game. Was, oh yeah. man, the pod racing game! <laughs> it was so fun. One of the funnest racing games. It was like played. Mario Kart meets F Zero with random child Anakin. Yeah, and, and Jar Jar, and just like the mechanic of like, and it, that weird. If, if, if one side of your ship takes like a lot of damage, you could kind of like sacrifice the the overall stability of both of them yeah. just so they could both like last a little longer. But then it kind of messes with your engine, and then if you could blow one up, I don't know. It was just really really cool. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I love really I love that game. And just like it didn't even need the items. It was just like I don't know, it was just cool. It, it was an N sixty four game and I like in my head kind of picturing just, it way better in graphics. Yeah, it was kinda like what I did to Luigi's Mansion, but like because <laughs> I remember there was this level that kinda took place like in a little spaceship and you would like jump out into space and you would see like meteors coming at you and it just sounds like and it sounds and I remember looking really cool. But I'm pretty sure if I thought it would just look like a polygon. But also there. keep in mind at the time the context of video games of that time, it probably was very impressive oh, no, in that yeah. context. No, yeah, I remember it was very impressive. So. Yeah, yeah, but so hopefully Star Fox... I haven't Fox, seen it since then. I'm afraid to. I think, I think I have it. Um, I think someone... I, I used to rent it. I never owned it, but oh, yeah, someone we, gave it to no, me. No, we definitely own it somewhere. We should bust it out and do a vidbit for it. Ooh, somehow. Yes, we're doing that. You heard it here first. A night of first on this podcast. But, um, no, well, but anyways... We'll have to figure out how to connect it to the... Well, we'll worry about that later. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, no, Star Fox, I'm hoping... It, it, it looks like it's making progress, and they have till April, so I'm hoping we learn more, and I would like for them to fill in the gap about Amiibo and online multiplayer, but for whatever reason, they chose not to discuss it in this Nintendo Direct. Similarly, Nintendo decided to leave out big Amiibo news from this Direct, which I thought was weird as well. Um, so to their credit, first of all, they did announce some stuff. We already mentioned, you know, Wolf Links and Twilight Princess, uh, 
on March 4th. They're going to have the next wave of Amiibo coming January 22nd with um, Series 2 Ammo Crossing cards, Lucas, Ammo Crossing Dressetti, Blathers, uh, Celestern, and Kicks all on January 22nd. Separately, they also announced a gold Mega Man as part of Mega Man Legacy Collection, which it's the same gold coloring as Gold Mario, but if you buy... It looks the, pretty nice. It actually does look really nice. And if you buy the Collector's Special Edition of Mega Man Legendary Collection, you get... That. That. Along with postcards and stickers and other Mega Man things. And it's... Uh, for those that don't know, the game, it comes out, like, late February? I feel like the 23rd or something? And it is Mega Man 1 through 6 on 3DS with a ton of history attached to it. Like, a ton of in, scanned-in stuff and details and all sorts of stuff. Something really cool and to And challenge levels. Um, They're remixing all the game content for new challenge levels. I don't know, just, just the idea that the developers of the... The developers of this legacy collection like, actually like remade the game from scratch. Yes, they did. It just sounds like really awesome. Like they, they, they went out of the way to like recreate everything. Because uh-huh. apparently, um, there was a port of sorts a few years ago that was handled very poorly. That was very glitchy. And it was on. It was um, PlayStation or wow, Mega Man Anniversary Collection. It was for PlayStation Two, GameCube, Xbox. It was bad. Yeah, and this one is glitchy. Yeah, and this one is like the top notch one. So. Well, what's interesting about that developer, since you brought it up, is that they are actually trying to be you know criteria. Compared to the Wii U ones, or are those just straight up ports? The ones on the the Wii U ones are emulations. Oh, so, these are recreations. Okay. Right. But um, the developers, you know, the Criterion Collection of movies. Mm-hmm. Basically, this company called Criterion, um, re-releases movies with insanely nice packaging and all this like super clean minimalist design. And the whole Harry idea Potter is got to, that treatment. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, and the idea is to, like, highlight and raise them up on a pedestal. I know, they, they, they the make pinnacle. the movies look so classic. It's like, oh, yeah. here, Harry Potter one is just the wand or something. Yeah, exactly. So these guys are trying to do that with the game code. Their whole thing is, if these games are so great, let's clean up the code and make it run perfectly on modern consoles to preserve it for this generation. So Leg- uh, Legendary Collection is the first example of that. And now Nintendo is working with, with Capcom and doing the gold... Mega Man, which is kind of a nice touch to really sort of bring home the point that this is something special. So if you're a Mega Man fan, it's kind of cool, because not only do you get all those games, you get the challenges, and with the gold Mega Man, you can unlock additional 3DS exclusive challenges that yeah, are not Yeah, that's a nice the... little bonus, honestly. Yeah. Although, it goes back to the issue we hate, which is the plastic paywall. Like, if you're going to have an Amiibo, you should have a way to get the same content without the Amiibo. But then again, if you're paying extra for a special edition of a game that comes with the Amiibo, I guess it's not as bad to have to scan them. Yeah. Because it could just be... that It's no different than them saying, hey, if you buy the extra special edition of whatever game we're talking about, if you pay this $20 extra, we're going to give you more content. Like, it kind of... It's less of a big deal to say Shovel Knight, where everyone can buy Shovel Knight, but only those that choose to buy the Amiibo will get the handful of new features or whatever. Yeah. So maybe it's not as bad. But yeah, so that was all things Nintendo did say in the Direct. But the thing they didn't say, and what's weird to me, is these next couple waves of Amiibo... They're already being shown in the coming soon windows of the uh, Amiibo retail displays, you know, the touchscreens. So it was leaked out this weekend, actually, that um, those displays are already listing Amiibo that aren't even out or announced or known. So, for example, Ryu and Roy are both confirmed Amiibos coming soon. I mean, no surprise, all Smash Bros. DLC is going to get one. But uh, Roy's going to be GameStop exclusive. And surprisingly, they're also going to release a Smash Amiibo of the Famicom colors of rob the robot yeah, that, one was kinda... that i did not expect in a million years yeah. i didn't think because that was japan exclusive it made sense for that region less sense here that means but... they're gonna get american rob i guess i don't know because they haven't announced Would it they care about it uh probably the same way that people have been importing the japanese one here hmm. 
But, I mean, because the games already know, support it. There's a guy following Twitter. He yeah. actually works at Nintendo I mean, World you Report. could pick... I mean, a lot of... Well, it's weird, because, like, and when... When Brawl was when Brawl came out, um, by default, it would always take you to um, Famicom Rob. Right. And I always picked American Rob just because, like, oh, and you know, yeah. it's like we're American. So, <laughs> I, so I always went to Patriotism like Patriotism as well. So I, was, so, so I used to like pressing like the like the change color option. I think it was like Y or X. Or yeah. Something. And then in this one, it defaults like to whatever region you are. So here we get American, they get Famicom. Yeah. But I don't know. It's definitely. I mean, Weird, he's built like, into a lot of games. Because yeah. what I was starting to say a second ago is that I there's this guy I know that works at Town World Report, and he tweeted, so I scanned in the Famicom Rob, and it's a different Yoshi costume than the NES Rob. So like Nintendo already baked that into the English releases of games. So this is only a matter of time, I guess. I just thought, oh, maybe they're rewarding the handful of people that import, but no, he's coming over. And then what's really interesting is um, unannounced Animal Crossing. Are you going to get it to go with your little Rob? Or you already have I don't have... Oh. You have your little Rob at the Famicom Rob. That's true. Yeah, I have a little... No one knows what you're talking about. I have a little, like, tiny, couple-inch tall, like, six-inch tall... um, No, that's too tall. Maybe... No, like, three, four-inch tall. No, it's smaller than that. It's smaller than the Amiibo, and that's, like, two inches, two and a half. One inch tall. Yeah, it's like one inch. I have a one millimeter tall (laughs) baby little Rob figurine that predates Amiibo by like half a decade, a decade. And it just, it rolls around. It's pretty cool. It's very detailed. I I love it. I I sleep with it under my pillow every night. It's kind of pointy and sharp. I would always pretend to swipe it every time I saw it. You actually did take it one time, but then you, I figured it out by the end of the day. (laughs) But anyway. I'll um, give it back. But now that I have my own, because definitely, yeah, I'm probably not going to get Japanese Rob. I might. Especially because, um, like, because I just want, like, just to complete the core series, like, I don't know, it would just be weird, like, it, it would just clash, like, it I don't want... core I, series, what are you talking no, about? No, no, in the sense that, like, what we got, like, just one of each character, like, uh, if I start getting, like, two Robs, that just looks weird, like, in the context of my collection, just, like, I don't know, because I don't have two of any other ones, it's just two Robs, I don't know. Just wait till they start doing all the Koopalings as different Amiibo. <laughs> if they do that, that... If you do, if they uh, do that, you're gonna hunt down Renji and punch him in the face. <laughs> Oh, man. Imagine how much might have been. That didn't even cross my mind, but I hope they don't. They probably not. You never know. They have the Koopalings. They have um, male... An- they have female Robin. Male Wii Fit Trainer. Male Wii Fit Trainer. Imagine if they did all the color <sighs> al- alterations. Imagine if they did, like, the oven mitt Pac-Man. Oh, okay. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't care about that. It's only... Yeah, the other characters. Yeah, it's only texture swap. But, but before you have to worry about that, they didn't have... Uh, oh, they, they're no. focusing more lucky for you. did not say that. It's too late. The, the to Pandora's box has been opened. Enjoy your nightmares. But, um, yeah, no. Before no. before they even do that, they are doing... They are focusing more on Animal Crossing. And some of the other unannounced am- amiibo that were revealed are ones for Rover, the cat. You know, the one that greets you in the beginning of the game. Cap'n, the, the boat guy. Landers Kids. And what? Aren't, aren't Flanders' kids named Timmy and Tommy? Yes. Yes, you're <laughs> right in the sentence. Yes, and Flanders and also Tom Nook's nephew. Flanders' kids slash Tom Nook... Wait. If Flanders' kids are Timmy and Tommy, and Tom Nook's nephews are Timmy and Tommy, does that mean Flanders and Tom Nook are actually siblings. brothers? Hey, they, could be, they could still be siblings. Whoa. Adopted. I'm writing a fanfic about that <laughs> after this is done recording. But, um, but yeah, so Timmy and Tommy are going to share an amiibo, which is interesting. Not just pictures, though. <laughs> Like a little amiibo of the Flanders kids. Well, and they're always together, so they would share the amiibo. It's true. Timmy and Tommy, regardless of if they're Animal Crossing or Simpson, are going to be Target exclusive as well. In case you're wondering. (laughs) Interestingly, Target seems to really like Animal Crossing amiibos because Lottie, which comes out you know this coming weekend, is also Target exclusive. That's a Lottie exclusive. (laughs) It's a Lottie exclusives. 
But, uh, yeah, I really... What, my takeaway from this, besides the fact that I was able to uh, plant a nightmare in your head of alternate character Amiibo, is Nintendo's not slowing down with these Amiibo, which makes me think they're going to do it. Because, like, not only maybe are they're they... only going to do the easy ones they don't have to waste a lot of money on, so maybe they'll do, like, alternate colored Yoshis. Here's oh my fire... god, imagine if they did, Here's like, Fire Mario, Mario. here's... Maybe. Ice Mario. I mean, they already did Gold and Silver Mario. What's to stop them from doing different colored, like, power-up Marios? Or translucent ones, like uh, Skylanders does. Yeah. You know what? Like, I think, um... I still would only collect just one of each. Like, one of, like, these characters... Do you have a Gold Mario? No. That's Do you have a Silver Mario? Nope. Well done. The only <laughs> the only other Mario I have is the, the 30th anniversary one. Hmm. And that's different enough. Yeah, because it's not even from the Smash Bros. series. So as much as Smash Bros. series are... Goes, I'm only gonna get one of each. Right. Like, I'm definitely good at, at least to sticking to that. I could not stick to only my characters are like. But oh, I hope the Koopalings have I, I, even, I hope they I, even, I just wanna see you melt down. I wanna see you literally have a nervous breakdown about this. And you know what's funny? Like, I, I was committed, or I was, yeah, I was committed to trying to get, like, oh, I'm gonna get all the Bowsers. But ever since that ha- thing happened, like, I just, I, like. Wait, since, wh- which thing? The whole Skylanders pricing. Oh. oh. Yeah, like hundred dollars for one amiibo. Listen, yeah. essentially, like I'm not gonna get that one anymore. I kind of didn't even bother getting the Super Mario series Bowser, especially because I have literally a Bowser in that exact same pose, just like an inch smaller. See, I think, <coughs> excuse me, I think Nintendo might almost be hurting themselves with this nonstop amiiboing. Because that's the problem. Because <laughs> yeah, like you're well for the collectors, I guess for the collector, because like kids will buy some sure, but that's true. I we're mean, the ones that buy it in bulk, essentially. I mean, we calculated, like, the other day when we were, we were on the phone, we were like, how much did you spend? And it was you like, spent $770 on Amiibo. Ugh. That's how much our Comic-Con tickets that we bought this weekend <laughs> just cost. And that was for three people for four full days plus preview night, which is the most, like, fancy, exclusive Comic-Con experience you can get. And for that, you got two shelves worth of plastic. Two and a half. The one on the bottom has the other ones. Two and a half. You got more, <laughs> more plastic. Great. But, I mean, they do look nice, but it is kind of funny if you stop and think about how much it came. That's why you shouldn't. And Yeah, it's true. But And it seems like Nintendo's Eight not... Koopalings would be over 100 bucks. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you literally are, like, having the... You're, like, on the cusp of a panic attack right now. Because that had never occurred to it's me. It's so good. This is so... I'm just enjoying this way too much. Because they're definitely different enough. Now, not to plant... Not to make it worse for you, but I think these leaks about the Amiibo are showing that Nintendo's not slowing down. They are going to do crazy stuff. Because, like... Smash is still continuing. They're doing all the DLC characters for a while. And on top of that, they're now rolling out Animal Crossing Amiibo. Keep in mind, they're over 100 I haven't touched those yet, and don't plan to. But if you were to, or maybe not you, but someone that's into Animal Crossing, they're rolling them out fast. They're rolling them out fast. Hard and fast. So, you, sir, or maybe not you for uh, Animal Crossing, but yous on the internet are in for a lot more Amiibo drama. Yeah, like... I think the fact that Smash Brothers, the Smash Brothers series was like 50 plus Amiibo definitely yeah. made it easier for me to be like, like alright, pretty much just this series, Splatoon, just because it was small, and that Mario, and that's it. Like You say that now. I am saying that now. You're buying a Mega Yarn Yoshi the day this podcast goes up. That's because I could put him on the plushie hey, shelf. Hey, he's still an Amiibo that you're buying. I'm gonna put it on. You can come up with excuses for anything. Oh, I, I, you know, I'm not gonna get a Animal Crossing Amiibo except these 26 right here. I mean, there's these characters I love. Out of the 300 villagers that they're probably going to make Amiibo for, I do love approximately 100 of them. So I am just going to buy that 100. Oh, but I'm already collecting. I might as, well buy, might as well buy the other 200 and have them all. I'm warning you, it's a dangerous road. 
Uh, I don't know. I feel like I've been doing a good job now, of two, not trading it. I mean, yeah. I haven't gotten any of the cards. That's None true. of those Animal Crossing ones. I haven't gotten, like you pointed out, all, any of the other Marios. Yeah, yeah. So Maybe you'll, maybe you'll stay strong. I think in general, Nintendo's got an interesting situation because they're trying to treat the Animal Crossing Amiibo like Smash Bros. in terms of the frequency and the steady rollout. But it is nowhere near as iconic of a franchise as Smash yeah. Bros. Oh, well. It's a huge franchise, but not gigantic. And there's a difference between huge and gigantic in this case. Like, I was at Best Buy. I picked up the Tom Nook Amiibo because yeah, I was like... There was full... Their display was full. Yeah. yeah. I I pick, I went to Best no, Buy. No, Mewtwo, though. Only if you... No, see, there were some at mine. There, um, and there my were, Best oh, Buy... Oh, mine were all uh, order online. Yeah, that's why. Like, there weren't any that you could just pick up. You had to have order Yeah, them. but they had plenty of Mabel. They had uh, multiple sets of the three pack with KK Reese and uh, Cyrus. Yeah, yeah, the llamas. Uh, every time since that episode, we start laughing about it. They, um, yeah, and they. Interestingly, I was the only Tom Nook in the store, and mine was bought online. I personally was a raccoon for a little while, yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just so I don't know. It's gonna be interesting to see how the Animal Crossing Amiibo do. And to be clear, we need to do a little preemptive damage control here. This is all anecdotal, of course. But the problem with Amiibo is Nintendo appears to be valuing the big city markets more than the little guys. Because we have a listener, John, who actually has written to us before. And what he's saying is totally true. We should have thought about it in the past. Because we keep these last few episodes like, Nintendo, it's the light at the end of the tunnel. Amiibo situation's ending. Shortages are over. It's going to be great. And then he's like, so I literally live up the coast from LA. Like, I'm not that far from you guys. And we never got a shulk. We did not get restocks. I checked like 10, or how many stores did you check? Like seven or something. And I was just like, oh, yeah, that's true. We do have the advantage of having, like, 15 Best Buys in a decent driving distance of where we live. For people, and I should know this, as someone that grew up in Missoula, Montana, which is not a big city, I should understand that it's not as easy as it seems. So I think the real test is going to be how Animal Crossing does. Because Smash Bros. is going to, everyone loves Smash Bros. It's going to sell out. And if we get restocks in big cities, great. If you don't, not. And by the way, John, we are going to try and find you a Shulk. We're having trouble, but we're going to, because that's the one he needs. Um, but Animal Crossing is one where it's a lesser, uh, it's of lesser importance to most people. So if Nintendo's able to supply even the, the smaller towns and go way out to like the boonies in some cases and get Amiibo out there for Animal Crossing and then not sell out of them at all, maybe they reach the end of the tunnel. Or maybe people just don't care, but either way, they're clearly producing enough. If they can't do that, even with Animal Crossing, the lesser, it's kind of like, is there ever hope? Yeah. I mean, even um, every once in a while, I like to, um, the the two um, big uh, amiibo hunting accounts on Twitter, Yeah. Um, they, like, sometimes, like, when the, well, I guess I should say sometimes, every time, like, a new batch of amiibos are released, I always ask people, like, oh, so which one did you pick up today? Mm-hmm. And compared to, like, the Smash Bros. line, like, there's, like, very few, like, for the Animal Crossing ones. Yeah, it's just a lesser franchise. I mean, I hate yeah. to, It's a fun... Fr- I love Animal Crossing. Oh, no, yeah. Crossing, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just... Them, yeah, it we, doesn't have the pull of here's Nintendo's most iconic characters ever made plus some weird one-offs that you know we won't make merchandise for ever again. It's like, how many people are going to be clamoring for, like... I don't even know. Gale yeah. the Chicken or some yeah, random well, character. I think, I think this issue could also be that... Um, besides, like, the core characters that are actual, like, important NPCs that are consistent... Yeah. You have, like hundreds of like NPCs like no one I mean they're not gonna perhaps make... that's why they're doing the cards because yeah, they know no one's gonna buy figurines yeah because I mean I don't know like 50 more than 50% of them I just know like yeah. the three that I care about like Rocco but even then like the even ones that got leaked be... the ones that got leaked if I say the name let me find a good one. Oh, those are bad examples actually 
Let's just say I say the name, um, we'll do the ones they announced in the direct. Let's say I say to you, hey, don't you love Celestern in Animal Crossing? Are you instantly going to go, oh yeah, the is sister a, of... Is he a snake? <laughs> no, it's the sister, it's the sister of Blathers, I believe, that runs the, uh, the oh, telescope. That's funny, I never knew her name. I guess that's her name. I'm just judging from the name. I don't know either. But my point is, they're making an amiibo of her. They're making an amiibo of Kix, who's been in one Animal Crossing. Wait, they don't have an amiibo of Blathers yet? They do. He's part of the same set. Oh, okay. But, like, so Blathers makes sense. Like, Captain makes sense. Rover kind of makes sense. But, like, Kix, he's been in, like, one or two games. He makes you choose. (laughs) Like, does any... How many people are like, I do love Kix? It goes back to the llamas. Two episodes ago, we had a breakdown of laughter because of how silly it was that they're making llama amiibo. How many? They don't even know what to do with them. They're bundling them with KK because no one wants Cyrus and Reese. I'm they're, sorry. They're, they're just collector amiibo. It's kind of like, <laughs> like I would say, like a good amount of the Smash Brothers ones. Like you get enough of them, and you're like, oh, it's kind of weird. Like at this point, it's kind of weird if I don't just get the yeah. whole set. So you start getting the ones you completely don't care about. Like I was already kind of like in my mind, like, like oh, I mean, I, I kind of want. I would, I would get Blathers. So I was like, okay, I'll get Blathers. And they make a rock, I'll get Rocco. Like, oh, okay, I might as well at that point, I might as well get um. I'll try to get the KK, whatever. I'll deal with the llamas. And then... Um, <laughs> I'll deal with them. I'll <laughs> suffer through the llamas. Then at that point, I'm going to get Tom Nook. Oh, I'm going to get like, Tommy and Timmy. So, yeah. It's like, so you have oh, the full man. family. And, and Ned Flanders. Don't forget Ned Flanders, Amiibo. Uh, and, and, and it would be the same thing with like the Koopians. Like, I could just as easily go like, okay, I'll just ignore them because I'm not going to get American Rob. It's no different. Just whatever. I have my Bowser Jr. He yeah. represents all of them. But I would definitely want Iggy. I know Elvis would want Ludwig. And at that point, it's like, why do you only have... Three. I want to have two out of the. Yeah, you got to finish the, the, uh, the other couplings. You have to have a modern. You can't. Yeah, you can't just have two. I mean, you tricked me with that horrible logic and got me <laughs> by all the third party amiibo of Sonic, Me- uh, Mega Man, and <laughs> they're not even the same and, franchise. And, and Pac Man. And Pac Man. And I was like, why am I doing that? Like we were literally at, at Toys R Us. You're like, you should get Sonic, right? Mega Man, and Pac Man. I'm like, you know, I do need to complete the set. And then as I'm paying, I'm like, why am I doing this? <laughs> but but anyway, yeah, so Amiibo, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in 2016 with Amiibo. Because it's definitely, there's a shift. We are done with the initial wave. We're done with the most iconic. We're shifting to the lessers. And we'll see how it goes. But the final bit of news from the Direct is, oh, um, So that what? means the Amiibo could have paid my next three years of Comic-Con. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the final bit of news uh, from the Direct is there's new DLC of Note. And you may recall last episode that we were discussing how Nintendo was saying in its financial report that one way it plans to keep Wii U sales up this holiday is by basically continuing to promote strong sellers like Splatoon and Smash Bros. and Mario Maker. Well, one way they're doing it, before we get to DLC, is they're doing that crazy bundle. If you have not seen this bundle and you don't own a Wii U, go on Black Friday or whenever they sell this bundle and buy it because it's a really good deal. Smash Bros., Splatoon, The System, 300. Is the MSRP on Black Friday... It's two seventy or two fifty, depending on where you go. That is a pretty good deal. Well, two excellent games with very established online presences now, and the console. I yeah, that is a good deal. But anyway, the DLC thing they're doing is the other way they're pushing it. I mean, obviously in December we have the Smash update, which will be a marketing push of sorts to get more sales up for that. But Splatoon already just got a pretty hefty DLC update as part of a push through the holidays, and Nintendo saying they're going to continue doing updates of new stages, new gear through the end of January at least. So, what they released so far, 40 new pieces of gear, some of which are appropriately winter-themed, new weapons, and the promise, like I said, of continued DLC that includes two stages, one of which is already live, and one of which is about to go live. The one that's live is Museum uh, Alfonso, which is, or however you say it, which just launched, and the other Mahi Mahi Resort is coming soon. 
So the stages actually, to me, look like more than what most Splatoon... Like, Splatoon's like, oh yeah, here's a stage. It's kind of like the others, but it looks different. It has some different mechanics. Like, this this is, a little these too are big. actually a little... What? I don't know. When, when I first thought, I'm like, this looks a little too big. Never mind. Well, I wasn't even going to complain about that. For like that. four, like eight people? The thing I find interesting about them is they're dynamic. Like, they... Actually, I think that back. Keltome is really big and it's yeah. still fine, so... The thing that strikes me as interesting is what they mean in terms of how your strategies have changed. Not just for jumping around, but for, like, spraying ink. Because um, the museum, for example, which, by the way, I love that the museum has spoofed artwork of real art that's been, like, squidified. Like, they have, um, you yeah, know... Their world building is really Their world really good building is top-notch. But they have, like, uh, Andy Warhol's, uh, oh, yeah. you know, the Campbell soup cans. They had, like, squid ink soup cans. I was like, this is great. Or they have the uh, the Japanese samurai, but it's a squid that... They have some good stuff. Uh, but yeah, this one's interesting because it rotates. Like, you're on platforms that move. You have to, there's platforms that like push you off. So you have to time your jumps right and then be able to spray in the right spot to get the right platform before it swings away. Kind of like that. It looks like they're like incorporating things that you did in the single player. Into and, it, multiplayer. and it's like, like, oh, like all that time I was spraying ink from the sides coming up to the rotating thing. Is it finally going to pay off? Yeah, it's like, because remember they were saying at the time. And it was platforms that move up and down. Even yeah, which is something they're doing with Mahi Mahi Resort, the second stage, where at first you have to be really good at jumping because you're in a swimming pool. But then halfway through the pool drains and boom, there's a whole stage under you that you have to rapidly paint before time runs out. It's really clever and it kind of builds on the idea that single player is supposed to teach you how to play and they're going to ease you into Splatoon with multiplayer. Like, we only have one mode because we want you to learn that mode. Oh, you reached level 10? Great. Here's some more modes. Oh, you know how to do that? Here's Rainmaker. It's, they're continuing It makes it look more powerful, which is really cool. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they'll take things further and, like, and incorporate those sponges. You know how when you shoot them, they grow? Oh, yeah. So it's like, oh, someone's trying to climb up to a higher ledge and someone else could try to shoot it so that they can't get there. That would be cool. I mean, and the thing is, they're definitely building the game to be more, like, strategic to the point where they're now, and this is also part of their marketing push, they're doing a tree, Nintendo Treehouse tournament or Splatoon tournament where they're going to be showing off, this is what I find interesting, new strategies. Maybe your sponge is something to show off. I have a feeling when they do this thing in December, it's going to be the next DLC will come in tandem with it. So it's they're really adding stuff, and I think the Octolings can't be far behind at this point. Yeah. But it, it just seems like so many like cool things that they're doing that's really... It's really becoming much more of a game, because when I launched, it was like nothing. It's like... I mean, Bill Tran made a point in the Direct that they have added... Over eight new maps, twenty-seven new weapons, eight over eighty pieces of uh, gear, three new modes, or something like that. Like it's, it is not the same game that it was by any means. They're really treating it like a service, opposed to a uh, one-off piece of software. Mm. But is it enough? I don't know. I mean, are you? I haven't jumped back in yet, but is this because we're always like, oh, maybe when they add more stuff, we'll play Splatoon again. Is this gonna push you in, push you over the edge again? Or is it gonna be what they show in the Splatoon tournament next month that might do the trick? Or I think I might wait until they're completely done updating the game. I mean, I don't know. I I feel like um I played the game. I, I played the game a lot, but definitely not. But enough for me to be satisfied to move on to like the next game, the next game I haven't beaten, the next game that's coming out. Like I essentially moved on from the game, and like I wanted to go back because it's like oh like this new stage, like I. I haven't played on the Hammerhead Bridge, mm-hmm. which everyone they announced recently. I've actually missed a few stages, but it still doesn't feel like enough to bring me back. I don't know. I think I just need to wait a little longer. That's fair. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know for me. I think I like the idea of it being a service that keeps him cool for people that are still really into it. Because then yeah. definitely developed I'll... like a whole little crazy community that's really cool. So. Yeah, yeah, and like just the idea of like. 
Splatoon was this like base level thing that they just keep piling on, and like I was saying, they're easing you into the new stuff. And Nintendo's design philosophy with gameplay is they expose you to one thing, and in the course of the level, you learn how to execute it, and then they give you something new that's totally different, but it kind of builds on the mindset the earlier thing taught you. Splatoon is doing that, but instead of being level to level, it's literally like update to update. Like each update's building on the last one. It's a really cool approach. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of how Microsoft's doing Windows 10, yeah. where it's like, here's your base level OS, and every couple months, we're going to pile on new features, and you're going to learn new stuff. And like, it's, it's and, really cool. And even though we knew this wasn't going to be the case, I was really hoping that the direct will kind of throw anything at us about Mario Tennis. Like, oh, there's, there's, <laughs> like, 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 don't worry. Like, you want them to do the yeah. service style. Yeah, because I mean, that would be it. Because like, people already have, like, the game, they already know what. Like everything that's on the disc, and there isn't much as we've talked about. But I'm like, okay, maybe like the only chance I have is maybe there'll be a future update or Mario Golf style. Here's a DLC pack that launches around. The yeah, same like time. anything, but like nope. Yeah, Mario Tennis is such that's, a bummer. That's really, it. Yeah, well, one game that's doing it. It well, does at least. look very pretty though. I'll give it, it does. It looks really good. Like, it, lo- the... it looks cool. Like, I I I really like how the menus look. I think it would be great as a twenty dollar or twenty or thirty dollar game, but asking fifty for that, yeah. I, I'll give them thirty. Thirty is fine. Forty is even funny how like but fifty. Yeah, it doesn't feel like fifty. I mean, if they reduce the price, it would at least feel like fair, and they're like, okay, like this is actually really cool for what it is, but it yeah. would still be disappointing because Mario Tennis has been the franchise that would really that we really really like and kind of been devolving slowly, I guess. Yeah, they've been stripping stuff out every time. It was like, yeah, like. Ten sixty four, then GameCube like kind of went up and like up and beyond like with what pa- it did. yeah with power, and then it kind of just went a little down. It was open, there. yeah, yeah. Open was still good. Like I really liked. Yeah, it. Yeah, but, but it was definitely a step back from power. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny because like that game had to be rushed out, but it's just like cause if you look at Nintendo's like process in general, they're moving more and more to this idea of like give them a foundation, build on top of it, and then Mario Tennis is almost like this one offer to kind of forgetting that and just being like yeah, I'll just push out whatever, it's fine. Because like even Mario Maker is doing this service thing really well. Like, if Mario Maker can do it, why can't Mario Tennis? It's not that hard. But the thing that Mario Maker's doing, and they've said that they are treating it like a service. Like, um, the producer of the game, Takashi uh, Tezuka, he produced, like, all the Mario games, Mario World, everything. He was telling Polygon that they are treating the game literally like a service in that there's going to be new content that's continually delivered to you. So you're seeing it with the event uh, levels, for example, or event courses, where... You know, you beat the course, and boom, you unlock Totem Link because you played the special Zelda course. So, oh, hey, you played the course made by the Game Center CX guy? Congrats, you can now play as him as a costume. Stuff like that. And then Mario Tennis, on the other hand, they're just kind of like, yeah, I guess we could build more stadiums. <laughs> or not. It just seems really, <laughs> yeah, it just seems really weird that this is the same company and they're doing such two-pronged approaches. Same people? Maybe some not the same left. people, but the, yeah. same, the same executive producers. Mm. Miyamoto makes the you know gives a yay or nay on a lot of stuff. You'd think he'd be like, well, what if we did this over here? But yeah, I guess we know where his priorities, priorities lie. lie. Yeah. Pikmin Four, but uh, it's better. <laughs> yeah, but actually, speaking of um, Mario Maker, I do want to say, well, Splatoon, you were saying that's something you're gonna wait for all the DLC. The second Mario Maker's web portal goes live, I'm gonna be so back into that game. I yeah. love the idea. So for those who don't know or missed there it. There were a few games today that I ran into online that I'm like, oh, I wish I could just bookmark this. I so know. I it's such later. a great service. For those who aren't aware, because it was mentioned so briefly in the direct, um, they're making a web portal. So you can go to this website and you can browse at like a granular le- granular level all these detailed things about the type of course you want. Do you want Ahmed? Do you want to be like a jukeboxing? Do you want to be an actual like 
this story level, that story level? Do you want this difficulty? Do you want it from this region? Do you want? Does that mean you have to tag the levels yourself? Or? I don't know. Because I mean, that's what's unclear. Because I mean, how would they know what the musical level? I mean, the game doesn't know what musical, type of level. I don't, yeah. I mean, they they name drop musical. Yeah. So, so they must. There must be a tag. <laughs> unless they're unless they're gonna have this guy. All right, we're gonna have a new position. You're just gonna play Mario Maker levels and just tag them because we know some of these people aren't gonna tag them. Yeah, I I guess people have to tag. Eight them. hours, yeah, seven hour workday of just of just playing of, Mario and just He'd tagging. Go crazy, <laughs> but um, I guess he doesn't really have to play it through. Just like try to play one through. Like, I, I died. Or it's hard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> next. But no, it's it's such a cool idea to have this web portal. And then the best part is these courses have, from the looks of it, individual pages. But more important, you bookmark them. So if you bookmark a course, there's going to be a new web list in the game. And it's almost like Pocket or, uh, or um, what's that other reading app list? that does it? Um, or a reading list in Safari or Instapaper. Like any of those apps that you like read later, it's that for Mario levels. So you could be on Twitter in theory. See a cool course. Click the link. Go, oh, I do want to play that when I get home. And then just bookmark it. You go home and it's just waiting for you on your Wii U. Like that, that is the type of connected future that I want to see Nintendo do more of with the My Nintendo thing they announced with Mitomo and all that. And I think that's the direction they're going in. Like, the fact that you can just casually browse for stuff to do on your system at home, and then it's just there waiting. Or you can see someone tweet. You could potentially send their awesome new people. Level. You like... could send it and be like, hey, play this, and then they just bookmark it. Like, it's so cool. It, I'm really excited for it. Like, yeah, really they, they, excited. They essentially eliminated the need to um, give the code out. Like, Yeah. Yeah. They eliminated the need for the code. They eliminated the need for something they haven't added yet, which is being able to follow your friends because you can follow them on any social media. Yeah. And then they'll give it I to you. I mean, you still have to do a little work, but... It takes one more step. So it'd be nice if they put that in, but it's a good alternative. It's, yeah. it's just super cool. And I, I think that's the perfect note to end our uh, Nintendo Direct conversation on is that awesome feature from our uh, from Mario Maker. Um, Honestly, it does pretty much do it for the Nintendo Direct news, at least. Uh, there were other things they talked about, Mario Tennis, Animal Crossing, but they're rehashes of things we talked about before Nintendo brought back the Direct, so why bring them up? Yeah, that's why we were... Oops, I dropped the, the tripod. Yeah. Um, we were saying earlier that, like, oh, Nintendo likes to save a bunch of information until the very end, but I guess they don't sometimes. <laughs> and to, now they're going to start doing it right again because they have the Directs back, but... I guess they just have to get Amiibo Festival and Tennis out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Basically, they were in their, like, uh, grieving period for Iwata, which is totally understandable. And now that they're past that, they can start doing this regularly again. But I will say the one clear takeaway from the Direct for me is that early 2016 is actually shaping up to be a pretty busy quarter for Nintendo. Or half a year or whatever. Because right off the bat, in January, we're getting the new Amiibo Mar Mario and Luigi Paper Jam. Followed by Fire Emblem Fates about a month later. And then three weeks after that, Twilight Princess HD. And then two weeks after that is Hyrule Legends Warriors. And then a month after that is Star Fox Zero. And if my prediction's right, a month after that is Pokemon Tournament. That is a decent lineup for the first half of next year. I would argue that is probably, possibly, as good if not better than what's going on with Nintendo currently. <laughs> like, that's, that's a not a bad lineup. Even though we have Nintendo our Nintendo fans don't have anything to play while everyone else is playing Fallout 4. Right. I mean, this month is just, like, weird. Like, October was great. We got Triforce Heroes, which we'll talk about in a minute. We got Roy World. September was great. December has Xenoblade and Devil's Third. But, like... That's a pretty solid, even though we have hesitations about Paper Jam and Year 9 Tristan and Fire Emblem, there's still almost every three weeks, on average, a new game from Nintendo. And that excludes third-party stuff, that excludes eShop stuff, that's just Nintendo themselves. So it's not bad at all. And yet, for so much that Nintendo covered about early 2016, they it's still worth knowing how they left out a lot of games. 
Take the new Fire Emblem Shimagami Tensei crossover. That comes out in Japan That's December twenty sixth. Why is it not coming out in America in the first half of next year? Who knows? But I didn't even get a normal sounding name. We got, yeah, it called. still has crazy hashtag, I don't even know what to call it, name. But we don't know anything about that, and that's out in Japan in five weeks. We don't know anything about, say, Metroid Federation Force, which is probably a later 2016 title. But you do want to know more of. But me too, and the thing was, it would have been a good fit for the March release period that Hyrule Warriors Legends has, much like Hunters used that time slot, but... That would have been nice. I guess it's a late a little homage. Maybe they're yeah. Maybe they're restructuring the game after the feedback. I I don't know. Uh, but we didn't hear anything about that. We uh, they're they're all proportion now. Happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but perhaps uh, <laughs> they're not chibi anymore. Guys, Federation Force is normal headed. But uh, perhaps the biggest thing I was wondering what happened to you was Minecraft. The night before the direct, Europe's P E G I rating board or Peggy. Peggy uh, twelve. Peggy 13. They um, put up a listing on their site of recent games they've rated, and it was Minecraft Wii U Edition with a release date of November 12th, the same day as the Direct. Everyone's like, oh, it, it, it makes perfect sense. It'll be a surprise in the Direct. It makes sense for them to make the game. Day goes by. Nothing. No release? Nothing. All we got was knockoff 2D uh, Terrania for like, a, or whatever it's called, Terraria. Terraria. Terraria for like five seconds. And no mention Minecraft. It's just like, why Why wouldn't they share that news? Even if, let's say, the date was read back, which is actually December 11th, not November 12th, which is possible. Uh, mention it, someone, please. Because like the, the, the idea of Minecraft on Wii U just makes too much sense to not happen. Yeah, the fact it's, it's, it's like almost like the ideal platform for it. It really is, because I mean, the gamepad is perfect for it. And then I'd probably get it. I get it. I've never played Minecraft, honestly. But the um, is the Minecraft story mode on Wii U? Yes, which is why I think it's this is legit and bound to happen. Because oh, yeah. Telltale Games has said we're bringing story. That's mode. right. I was gonna get um. Normally, I get all my Telltale games on my on my phone since I feel like they're optimized for touchscreen controls and not yeah. controller. I mean, maybe point and click controls and like on the mouse, like also work really well for them. But I feel touchscreens are like optimal. Definitely. So. Yeah, if it's on the Wii, like I'm, def- I'm, I'm just gonna wait till all the DLC is out. This is what I do. I don't right. like to wait in suspense. Right, but it's just kind of like looking back at like the bigger thing about Minecraft. Episodes, like, what? Not, right, yeah. yeah. You mean all the story yeah. episodes? Yeah, but Minecraft itself, where was it? It's obviously real. Peg, uh, Peggy doesn't just Huge. make up ratings. Like they're not just like I feel like making a Minecraft for Wii U today and giving it. A well, then we rate Minecraft. Oh, we meant Terraria. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, and I mean the fact that they formatted the name correctly because you know like the PSP edition is called like whatever, and then the mobile version called it's called like Minecraft PSP edition, Minecraft Mobile edition. This was Minecraft Wii U edition. Like it all makes sense. It's from Microsoft Game Studios. It all lined up, and then Terraria had a brief mention. Terraria had more of a mention in Nintendo Direct than Nintendo's own Devil's Third. That's yeah. how weird this direct it got, got about footage. It. Yeah, like this had like, and then Minecraft isn't even mentioned. It could be coming out next month. It's just, I don't know. I think it's bound to happen though, because the demographic lines up too perfectly. There's no way it's not. It's just a matter of time. But one Nintendo's thing, I, demographic almost seems like ideal. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. The one thing I don't think is going to happen though, and you kind of alluded to this earlier, and I said I'd circle back on this one, is I do not think we're going to see further support from Microsoft beyond Minecraft. Translation. Everyone that's going, oh, Banjo-Kazooie is going to be in Smash now. This is awesome because Microsoft's publishing a Wii U game. Mm, I don't think that's comparable at all to something like Cloud being in the game. Because so many people are like, well, Cloud's in it and Microsoft's making games now. Dude, Banjo-Kazooie is going to happen. I mean, even you said it kind of opens the door. But I really don't think that's going to happen because 
If you look at what something like Banjo-Kazooie would do for Smash Brothers, all it could possibly do is exist as a cameo that promotes Xbox. There's no way Microsoft's going to be like, yeah, we'll put all our games on your systems now. So what does Street They're Fighter do? Promote Street Fighter Five for promotes PS4? The, uh, no, promotes all Street Fighters on Virtual Console. Promotes mm. the franchise as a whole, which could be, which was on 3DS right, and true. could be coming yeah. back. I guess they could still make money but off Bandra of the Virtual Console. Yeah, but Banjo-Kazooie is not coming oh, yeah, to Nintendo. Right, right. I, I hadn't considered that. The only reason, now I'm talking more of the internet than that, but the only reason Microsoft is even publishing Minecraft for Wii U is because Minecraft is bigger than anything else. They more bought money it. To make their... They bought it for $2.5 billion. They have it on every system except Nintendo. Why throw away that money? As you said, there's more money to make. Banjo-Kazooie, that's an exclusive that can get people to buy your system. Minecraft, they don't have that exclusivity. It's on everything, and they spent too much money to just reel it in and lose sales. So they're going to scattershot it as much as they can, and as a result, you're going to see it on Wii U one day. Banjo-Kazooie, that would, that could... I mean, they'd probably make money on multiple systems, but it wouldn't sell Xboxes, and ultimately, they want to sell Xboxes. So Maybe. they want to get people entrenched in the Microsoft account system. That's partly why they so bought Minecraft Nintendo, in the first like... place. Pointed out the money and buy them back or something. Like, which yeah, so do. I don't think we're going to be seeing Banjo Kazooie as much as I would love to. And, and to be honest, Duck Hunt Dog is basically Banjo Kazooie. Let's, it's a bird and a, and a four legged creature that's standing on its hind legs. I know it's not quite, but there's definitely some similarities in design. Alright, something writing something else. Yep, one animal on the back of another. <laughs> Same character. <laughs> But, but yeah, so I just had to get that off my chest. I think Minecraft is going to happen. I think it's going to be cool. I don't think we're going to see more from Microsoft. I mean, they were at one point considering Halo for DS, but they canceled it because they realized it, hurt, it might hurt them more than help them. So. so, yeah. So, switching from game news to business news real quick, and then we'll talk about what we're playing. I just want to touch on MPD group numbers for October sales here in the U.S. They were released, and... Uh, they actually came out the same day as the Direct, so that's a very busy day in Nintendo News. This entire podcast is about a single day of news, which is a first, I think. But uh, it was kind of an interesting month, October was. it? Uh, Halo 5 was a top-selling game, as you can imagine, really? which unsupurisingly put... I've X- heard nothing but bad things about it. But it's still Halo. Oh, yeah. But here's where it gets interesting, because Halo 5 is a top-selling game. I guess game. it's it long-term made... sales. I mean, not yeah, long-term. well, it's short-term sales are oh. not good. <laughs> so it's number one game, right? Xbox One, number one system as a result. What does number one game get you? Less than half a million in sales a month before the biggest holiday shopping season begins. That's not ideal. Halo used to be selling multi million, multiple millions of copies. Now it's sold half a million, a little under. Well, Strange. That's uh, their biggest franchise. Anyway. I know, and but it's still number one, which shows how crappy of a month it was. Because the the um, the industry was up two percent overall year over year, but that was solely on people buying PS4 and Xbox One and upgrading in large quantities. Game sales. Not so hot. The only Nintendo title that landed in the top ten, actually, was Yoshi's Woolly World, which came in eighth. Outsold Uncharted Nathan Drake Collection, which came in ninth, which is like, wait, really? <laughs> and uh, we don't know the exact number, but leaks are pegging it around 150,000 copies sold, which is better than the debut of, say, Kirby and the Rainbow Curse. And it's probably on par with similar, and better than Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. It's one of the better, stronger launches for a smaller caliber game on the Wii U. Um, but still, I just want to reiterate, it outsold Uncharted. Granted, it was a re-release, but Uncharted. That's yeah. insane. Three games in HD, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, yeah. Really good. And they're all, yeah, exactly. And interestingly... I mean, I, actually, I really like that um, Sony does that. Like, that's the only reason mm-hmm. I was able to even catch up with the whole God of War series, because it always got me the saga, so I played all uh, five, like, right. back to Oh, that's back. right. I remember that. You, you binge played. Yeah. <laughs> it's like binge watching. And then I finished active. just in time for Ascension, and then I played that. And, right, right. It was an amazing good time. 
You know what's interesting? And nothing to do with what you're saying. I'm just using it as a weird transition. You know what's interesting? This month, October also marked the return of uh, mu- of the music game genre. What? Yeah. Oh, Rock band and right. Guitar Hero. And, uh... I had it was more of a... Existed, except yeah, so did Best Buy, and then we thought it. So did everyone else, judging on how the sales were. Oh. <laughs> so, Rock Band actually came in 10th place on the chart, which isn't bad. But again, the chart max is at half a million, and Yoshi sold about 150 and 8th. So it sold probably around 100,000, if not less. Um, if it was individual... Skews because what they do is they you know they put it by title. So Rock Band Four coming in tenth place on the chart means it's Xbox and PS and PlayStation Four combined. If they did individual, it would not have even made the top ten. Mario Maker would have slid into number ten with a, with rumored sales of about hundred thousand, meaning Rock Band price sold under hundred thousand on each system that's on respectively. Even worse, Guitar Hero Live would have come in eleventh place, as you know all combined on the current chart, which means. The, you know, the title chart, not the skill so chart. So the really is dead. Which means it also didn't do too hot. It's not dead, but it's not instant success like it used to be. They're going to have to fight a bit of an uphill battle to get people back on board. Mm. It's like when a band's first star and you have to play the, con- the tiny concert venues. Mm. And then with enough effort and, and heart and mindset, they can work their way up to the big stadium shows. Mm. Any idea what you think the problem is? People don't want to buy more plastic unless it's an infinity, a Disney Infinity toy, Amiibo, or Skylander. Man, those Disney Infinity toys. Almost yeah. got those up figures, but then I'm like, no, then I have to get the other up characters, then I might as well get Donald, then I might as well get Aladdin. Yeah, and then you snowball out of control. And then after that, I'm like, nope. And honestly, that's, that's, I think my point is proven by the fact that Amiibo, in October alone, sold 800,000 figurines in the U.S., that means in the 11 months it's been out, they have sold over 9 million of those little figurines. Granted, you own about 82% of those 9 million right here, but they do. They have sold a lot in the U.S. alone. And if you recall, I think Nintendo said it was 27 million worldwide at their financial briefing. So people have just moved on from instruments that cost $100 to figurines that cost 15 but you buy way more of them. Yeah, it's easy to digest the small quantities, and then you look back at the damage you've done, and you're like... It's true. Not like this. It's true. <laughs> Not like this. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> At what cost? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, seriously. But um, hardware side, real quick, it's kind of a mixed bag. Uh, MPD's reporting that handhelds were down 27% year over year. That's 3DS and PSP, or PS Vita, I mean. And that was driven in large part by Nintendo. Um, Smash Bros. came out a year ago, right? So we're now in the first October year over year since Smash Bros., there's nothing comparable to Smash Bros, so sales dropped off a cliff. Aww. Not super surprising. 3DS has been trending down for the later half of this year. Vita's dead, so of course they dropped. We don't know what they Even com- with the Yokai Bumba, that came out yet? Well, that was in November, though. Oh. And, we oh don't right, actu- right. and we don't actually know what 27% is. They didn't say if it's units sold, revenue gained, or what. They just said sales are down 27%. So all we know is there was a drop, and 3DS is continuing to struggle a little, but maybe Yokai will save it. Wii U, on the other hand, is doing much better. Uh, Nintendo actually put out hard numbers, so or IGN did by way of Nintendo or something. So IGN's reporting that October hardware sales are up 40% for the Wii U, which means it, based on last year's leak numbers, comes in at about 95,000 units, which is not bad. That's It's one of the better it's done recently. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens in November. Just to kind of a preview of what's to come. Uh, November's going to be a big month. better. I mean, they have Black Friday. They have... It's the second... November and December are two busiest shopping months of the year. December usually eclipses November, but November's the higher profile releases. So we're going to be able to answer questions like, is Yokai Watch the next Pokemon? You know, uh, did the idea of having Splatoon, Smash Bros, and Mario Maker have continued 
marketing did actually boost them a little when the holiday shopping started. Uh, well, the bundle would make a big difference. Well, Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival. Dr. Mario and one of the 30th anniversary. I know, it's almost screwed up. And and even questions like, will Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival bomb or totally bomb will be answered next month's NPD. So um, it's going to be interesting in December what how sales are panning out because that's going to be a better picture of what Nintendo's looking like going forward in 2016. In the meantime, though, let's transition away from news and talk about what we're playing. So, I guess <laughs> I guess I'll start. Well, as far as news, I finally badge tenor. Yeah, badge arcade. Badge arcade. Yes, and I've been playing Triforce Heroes. So I do want to talk a little bit about Triforce Heroes because it is a game that exists. <laughs> no, I, I. Anything here since no, the here's, demo? Well, here's the problem with it, and it's become more apparent as I've played it. The game is great when it works right. It is a great game that's hindered by some unfortunate required conditions that you can't get around, and that Nintendo... I, I can't even fault them for it. I don't know what an alternate solution would be. But every, some stuff about it is so good, and some stuff limits it so much that you're just kind of like, this is really fun, except it's only fun one out of three times, because that's when it works out to be fun. Now, they're trying to make it better with DLC that they announced in the Direct that we will talk about after I give my impressions, but... I do want to say what's good about the game, because there's a lot that's good about it. I personally, I know some people online did, I personally love the game's personality. It is a spin-off. It knows it's a spin-off. It's not taking itself seriously. Zelda's always had a little bit of humor, like Bruce, for example, but this goes all in. Like, it's super fashion-oriented, really. They're, like, like Pretty really funny. weirdly. I, I, I really like the... Yeah. Humor. Yeah, and, like, like, the lady that you get the costumes from is, like, super, like, overly like french fashionista they have um memes in it which cause a whole brouhaha on the internet where people are like how dare they have a doge meme or however you say it. you know the so this amazing that like how dare they do that 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 ruins the game their translation's awful no no europe didn't do that to which i say at first i agreed but then i thought about it and to which i say guys every zelda is a product of its time every game is a product of its time this is a light-hearted spin-off and as a result, they're making references to current culture. Did you know? I found this. And this is what partly changed my mind. Did you know A Link to the Past in Japan had an MC Hammer reference in Japanese, in the text? Yeah. I don't know what the reference is, but it's there. And it's always there. So when you it's go attorney playing, makes a milkshake. Brings all the boys to the yard. Yeah, Damn right, it's better than yours. I can teach you if I'd have to charge. In part three, in that game, that was, I think, one of the time it came out. Yeah, like yeah, that's when the meme was big. But it, the, yeah, the point um, is... It's no different. Yeah, the point is, the thing about these games is they are a product of their time. And yes, Zelda, in a traditional sense, is this timeless thing. It's this legendary Lord of the Rings-style fantasy epic. Triforce Heroes is not that. You are fighting to save a princess's fast sense of style after she has to wear a uh, unitard. There is nothing about this game that is like super deep and can will still be as relevant in 20 years or not i think like, probably the biggest difference also between i mean like even if it's a product of time uh, of its time yeah um i mean references like yeah they were big like back in the day or whenever like they would happen to come up but now that we have the internet like they're kind of hammered home like way more than ever true. so like even if like making a doge meme is like like oh okay that's that, that's a very 2000 like like 2010 thing or 12 or whatever like i mean you see it pretty much everywhere every day whereas before you probably saw like those references like every once in a while yeah i mean you can't really go online 
without seeing it's any true. kind of. It's true. Like some people on Twitter exclusively talk like that now. It's like which is unfortunate. Some really people seek, bring it to their regular really like to their kids or their vocabulary. It's kind of changing the way people talk. It outside is. of the internet. But but see the part and that's part of it is that so it thing. has become the driving force of our culture. So if you're making a pop culture reference, even if it is overused, that's a reference that you no, yeah, make. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying like I think I I, I can. I can see why some people would be really upset with it, especially if they're tired of it or if they just never yeah. really liked to begin with. But but, but I'm also with you in the sense yeah, that, yeah, it's a throwaway line. Yeah. Like, and they didn't do all memes. It's not like you walk into the game and it's just like, <laughs> just like those meme faces. <laughs> Air horn, do, do, do. Yeah, it's not like they're like rap horns everywhere. But uh, but beyond 360 that... 360 no scope. Yeah, exactly. But beyond that, the, um, <laughs> the the game is... like I just love the personality. It's it's lighthearted. It's fun. The multiplayer, when you actually have three people, is really cool. Um, it's a lot like what we were talking about when we played the demo a few episodes ago, where it's like you're not just solving the puzzles. You're also solving a puzzle of how to best express how to solve the puzzle when you know it and no one else does. And that in and of itself is like the communication puzzles. Are, I wouldn't say they're as fun as the real puzzles, because they're not. But very rarely did I get frustrated that someone didn't get it. I felt like there were a lot of aha moments when together, as a group of three heroes, we together... <laughs> no, but honestly, I feel like when we together figured something out, it just felt more gratifying than even figuring it out by yourself. Because it's like, oh, wait, I think if I do this, oh, I should tell him to try this, and if you succeed in getting him to do the thing that gets you to do the thing, it's awesome. And Nintendo plays into that really well because like, they give you you know, certain stages, only one person has a certain item, so you actually have to kind of coordinate and juggle... A few more emojis might have helped. A few more of the communication icons might have helped. But honestly, I, when you have people that know what they're doing, when you have a group of three that's yeah. good, it's really, really fun. Because they have like some, like I don't know, I guess I want to say generic commands where other cooperative games where they don't let you like talk to someone, they do have like others that they like essentially take like, stand here. Yeah. Like look over there or like. Exactly. I mean, I guess... But you could do that. You could gesture uh, if you're... Well, like, that's like you have to be creative sometimes. Yeah. And then, but then you figure out ways, like I discovered if you're toteming, and you, which is a big part of the game, and actually the totem puzzles, much like... I'll get back to my main point in a sec, but much like A Link Between Worlds did really cool stuff with vertical gameplay that uses the 3D, the totem stuff is kind of a nod to that. And it's nice to see that they didn't... Even though it's a different game, they kept the fact that, oh yeah, it's in 3D, we can do vertical stuff. It's kind of cool to see that. But but what my, my earlier point was the totem stuff, when you're in the totem you soon figure out there are ways you kind of nudge people in the right direction by just, like, you kind of wiggle your head in a direction. And if they're on top of their game, they know, okay, he's wiggling left, what's to the left, and you kind of work together. Unfortunately, the downside is sometimes you get bad people, and that doesn't happen. But we'll talk about that in a minute. The other stuff I like is, I think the costume system's really great. It keeps it kind of fresh and interesting. Um, there's some wacky costumes or some that are actually really useful. It encourages you to go back, especially for the challenge mode where you're going back and you're trying to solve a specific thing. It wants you to do a specific thing. And if you do that, usually the costumes come more in handy there. And they're just fun to collect, and they add more to like the whimsy of the game, which I really like. And there's also good variety, although admittedly it's not as fleshed out as a full Zelda, but again, it's a spin-off. I look at it kind of like how Link's crossbow training was broken up into stages. This is kind of two. You have eight worlds, four levels each, I believe, if I remember correctly. Um, I think, yeah, four. And then, you know, you just kind of pick and choose, and as you go through, you can pick a world and you only be matched with people that also want to play that world, and they can go ahead and pick a stage, and it works out for the most part, but this is where things get a little messy. It's a roulette wheel when you play online. So if you're playing online, and you have one more level to go in the ice world, and you've played the first four like six times, 
you're going to keep playing them over and over until that roulette wheel lands on you or the people you're playing with happen to also pick it. And that can be a little infuriating because you want to progress through the game and the game's literally like, <laughs> no. So that that's a little annoying. Similarly, it's a little annoying when you don't have people that are good. And I don't mean that negatively because I'm not the best player, but there are some people that have no idea what's going on and will just throw you off ledges or just like, it's frustrating because, and again, this is something Nintendo can't control, but it's just frustrating when you're playing with a group that isn't necessarily trying, trying or good at it or know what they're doing. And you're just, you're progressing through it, and you're just like, hey, look, guys, we got this far in the level, we got to this puzzle, let's figure it out. And then you're sitting there for an hour, and then one guy's like, actually, I quit, and just leaves, which leads to uh, issue number two I have, which is, and again, Nintendo has no, I don't know what they would do to fix this, but if someone leaves when you're in the middle of a dungeon, that's it. You get sympathy rupees as an apology, and you have to redo the whole dungeon. There have been multiple times when I was playing, and I was like, oh, sweet, we got to the boss, and then someone's like, this is too hard, and quit. And I was like, Great. Or maybe they have to go. Maybe they had to go. I, maybe there's a family Actually, emergency. That's kind of um. But they, I feel like the town could have either swapped in an AI person or like I don't know what they could have done, but there must have. It's gotta be some. They, there's no way they could like let you progress without you know what, the third person. And what they could but, do, I don't know. I think what I do see some games do is um, especially like Left 4 Dead, because I mean it's essentially the same thing. It's a cooperative game where you have to go from point A to point B with a group yeah. of people. Anytime anyone leaves. Like, they are controlled by an AI bot. Obviously, that wouldn't really work well in this one. But what they can do is at least, like, kind of put you in a little limbo for, like, 30 seconds or, like, some amount of time. Like, a reasonable amount of time. And just kind of have, like, a turn, like, oh, we're searching for a new player. And just give an option to go, like, oh, do you want to enter a level mid-level? Like, you won't get credit for it. That'd be great. Like, you don't get credit for beating that level because you're going mid-level. But you can't help out someone that almost That would be too. very nice. Because that's what they do all the time. Something you jump into a game in Left 4 Dead and you're, like, already in the last section. I really wish Nintendo did that. And, I mean, to Nintendo's credit, they're trying to address it. The uh, the DLC that's coming is kind of with a game update that will include the ability to uh, blacklist players who leave mid-game. Basically, if you pa- if you uh, pause the game... But in the long run, you should see more people that will stick around. Right, exactly. Because what they're doing is now... How it works currently is you, you can have a false hero, and after the match, you can go report them as being a bad player. But in now in-game, you'll be able to pause it real quick and hit, like, A or B or something. It'll just automatically... Like, A's for one player, B's for the other, and they will just blacklist them on the spot. Uh-huh. So that's a nice quick way to address this and hopefully curb that behavior, but it's still kind of annoying. Also kind of annoying is there's no two-player, and I understand why. Uh, Nintendo said in interviews, like, the developers were talking Could about you this. Could another paper mache link? Well, that would be... kind of work with it? I mean, that, that so that's work, but who one controls per- it? That's, that's Do you a, alternate? Well, whoever grabs it. Like I think, I think three it's player. Just... I think three player is okay because it's you. Like if I play you online, we could have a third stranger come in and play. And I did that with my friend who lives up in San Francisco, and it worked out fine. But it's annoying because you can't do it locally. We would both have to connect to the internet at your house here separately, and then get the third person. And I understand why they picked three specifically. They were saying four players you're gonna pair off into two groups of two, but they want you to totem together. And two players, how you do a totem with two people? That's just called piggyback. So, from a gameplay concept idea, I get why they didn't do two, but it's very strange to have a game where it's like, sure, you can play with three people, but don't try and do two because we just won't let you. And if you want to play single player, go ahead, but we're going to be honest with you. These puzzles are made for three people, so you're going to do a lot of switching between your uh, drab puppet guys, your uh, your doppels, and yourself to solve a puzzle that would normally take five seconds, now it takes you triple because you have to keep hitting X or whatever and rotate between the characters. Which isn't horrible, it just leads to a slower experience. And the problem with that is that's something I actually really like about Triforce Heroes, is I like that bite size. It really feels like the perfect like mobile Zelda. 
I know we've had handheld Zeldas that are full adventures, and that's great and all, but this one almost feels like you have five, ten minutes. I mean, it doesn't work because of the online aspect, but you have five, ten minutes, perfect. Here's a dungeon, have fun. Okay, great, you're done. On to go about, go about your day. You did a score attack, essentially. Like, I really like the bite-sizedness. It's like the puzzles and nothing else. So, it's kind of a trade-off. There's no way to get everything, I guess. But, but yeah, it's um, the only other thing that I think I wanted to bring up that kind of bothers me is this one's actually a weird one. So once you unlock challenges, and once you can do challenges, you're given the option when you pick a world. Hey, uh, I want to do a challenge. That's great. The other players have to also say yes. If they say no, you're unmatched from those players, and they have to find more. Why on earth, you know, you pick the level, and so like you, yeah. you go through all the motions, you pick your costume, you pick the level, and it's like, do you want to do a challenge? And then you say yes, and someone says no, and it's like disbanding the group. <laughs> why can't you just let us pick the challenge before you pick the map? Like, right when you're paired. Because they'd say, what region do you want to do? Then they should say, what cha do you want to do challenges? And then you do it. It's a little weird that they do it midway. I don't know. Also weird is if you do get dropped from a map, from a, a puzzle, a dungeon together, you're sent all the way back to the single-player, like, do you want to connect online and start finding people mode. Not to the lobby where it automatically is like, we're finding you a replacement. You lose the other guy, too. It's just like you hit a reset button on it, which is a little strange. So overall, it sounds like I'm complaining a lot, but again, when it works, it is incredibly fun. It's like four swords on steroids. I love it. So it's a great game. It's just the system. It's like Nintendo had a game idea, and it didn't quite have the capabilities to pull it off, but they're like, well, we'll do the best we can. And I don't mean them didn't, they didn't have capabilities like they're in, incapable as developers. I mean, I mean really, like, the internet doesn't offer a guaranteed way for this to work. I mean, unless this was on a console or something, like, it could definitely work better for the reasons that, for the, for the other things that other games do for yes. those situations exactly. I think if they did more research into but, it. But, um, I mean, I guess for what it is, I mean, especially because it's on a handhold, there really isn't anything else like Well, guess, no, they could have so. done the Left 4 Dead thing you mentioned. They could they could have done stuff, but, like, as a first... I guess I don't know how practical it is for their... Yeah. The... The infrastructure that they yeah, have. Yeah, because they have a, I mean, Nintendo still has a pretty I mean, simple sure online setup. It must have occurred to them at some point. There's no way they didn't go halfway through. Like, can't people join halfway through? Well, yeah, there must be some technical limitation. But, I mean, if you look... It's kind of like the whole, like, when they were making Cat Mario. Like, at one point, did anyone go, like, shouldn't Cat Mario be red and white yellow? Yeah, and they're like, <laughs> nah. But it's... Like, I'm sure it occurred to like, one of them. Yeah. We just don't know the nitty-gritty. Yeah, I feel like it kind of was, like bashing the game but it's really, it's really the infrastructure behind the game that's the issue because the game itself again when it works it's really really fun and like if you look at it as a spin-off of zelda and not a true zelda and you accept its kind of quirkiness and its whimsy it's really really cool and like the costumes are funny and like it's just i enjoy it and they seem nintendo at least seems to be making baby steps to fix the issues with this dlc and game updates so if any of this sounds off-putting to you now, perhaps it'll be better in December, but if you're a Zelda fan, I would recommend... Like, if you love Four Swords in particular, definitely get this. If you like Zelda, but want kind of faster-paced one that still has puzzles, I'd recommend it too. If you are someone who just... Everything I describe sounds like a nightmare, maybe not. I mean, I, it seems weird to not recommend a Zelda, but the infrastructure issues are holding it back in some ways, which is unfortunate because it is really fun. But, but the DLC, that, that's actually adding a lot. So on gameplay-wise, they're adding a new um, Den of Trials. It's going to be 32 areas all strung together with checkpoints. So it's one big tower. And that's an interesting thing that's kind of addressing my concern and many others' concern about the midway dropout. You don't have to go all the way back to the main menu now. You just go to the last checkpoint. 
So that's, at least in theory, that's how it works. That's a nice plus. And they're adding new costumes based on Lineback and uh, Fierce Deity Link, which are kind of cool. There's also a hidden costume in the code that's been unused, so I'm guessing more DLC probably coming. It's like a fairy link or something like that. Um, and there's some dialogue hidden away in the game code about a paid DLC, so we might be seeing a lot more down the road. But separately, they're also addressing a number of issues with the game that are worth fixing. One is, and I totally forgot to mention this when I was talking about it, there is a friendly token system where it actually rewards you for playing locally against friends, which is great because the game does work a lot better locally when you can talk to the people directly. So how it worked is they just give you these tokens and you use these tokens to unlock special costumes you can't get otherwise. But for people who may not have friends nearby with 3DSs or who, who have friends who chose not to buy it, huh. I'm looking at you, uh, I can now, with this update, still get friendly tokens by uh, purchasing them from a street merchant in the game. Now, I assume this is in-game purchases, I don't know. But then that gives me access to other costumes that are normally locked. The trick, the, the little catch is you have to beat the game first to get them. So they're still making you go through some work. They're also adding new Miiverse stamps, which are already a thing. And, and one cool thing I completely forgot to mention is the Miiverse integration. You could take a screenshot at any time when playing online and it's saved to a photo album. And then you go to a little Miiverse building in the town. It could upload any photos from your photo album. So it's a nice way to actually capture cool moments without interrupting online play. Okay. Which is something Nintendo has never been able to figure out up till now. Smash couldn't do it. Splatoon couldn't do it. But they finally got it. This is the, this is the way. They've seen the light. But um, the one last thing I want to mention, which addresses the, um, addresses the issue of have, being stuck with players that aren't good, is they're adding a new system... That will let you find at least people of similar play styles to you. Apparently, there's gonna be some sort of question you ask when you that's asked of you asked to you when you go online, and depending on how you answer it, will pair you with people with the same answer. I have no idea what that means in terms of like actual like actually how it will work. But anything that lets me have someone that doesn't just run into a wall and then jump off the ledge and then throw away their item or something or throw me away off the ledge is, I will take it. So, again, I, I like Triforce Heroes. I wish I could say it was great, because when it's, when it's good, it's great. The problem is just it's not always good, due to factors that Nintendo doesn't have control over fully. I guess that's the best way to sum it up. It is fun. It's just there's these issues that I keep going, like, bashing my head against the wall. Like, why, Nintendo? Why would you do yeah, that? Yeah, like, I mean, like, if I were to get it, I would definitely have only played it with you and all this kind of thing. See, and that's the thing. If I played local... Or if I play online with friends, it's perfect. When I play my friend in San Francisco, it's great when we have a good third player. But you guys aren't buying it. I don't know very many other people with 3DSs that are in the vicinity. So it's hard for me to do the local experience. I feel like my impressions would be so much more positive for local, but I'm basically looking at it as an online experience where I'm solo, putting myself out to the world and be like, let's play Zelda in the world. I don't like, think we could download nah. the game. What? I don't think we could download the game from you. Download play locally. Oh, yeah. So we could play it in the same room until you turn off your 3DS. So just and it doesn't have online play if you do download play, but that is something nice. And Nintendo seems to be accommodating, but you guys have we haven't had a chance. That's true. Yeah, well, Nintendo does seem to be accommodating before. the fact that they know these issues. They clearly are aware because they have download play where like only one person needs the game and all three can play locally. So that's a plus. But like I said, outside of YouTube, not that many people around here gather up for 3DS parties. So it's kind of a bummer. But overall, well, I, I mean, would recommend it. Over, I mean, we always have chances. Players. What? I mean, when Elvis is over. That's true. Yeah. Well, so we'll try it. But yeah, um, which would actually be a good example of how great the game can be because it yeah, is really fun when you have good option. people and you can communicate. So again, if you're a Zelda fan, I would look into it. If the hindrances are that much of a nightmare for you, don't get it. 
But if you have some patience and a little time, it's worth checking out. So that's my that's my two cents on Triforce Heroes. And by two cents, I mean like it's like twenty dollars worth. A buck fifty. Buck fifty. Now the other thing we've been playing, and you've been putting more time into it than I have, is the surprise release of Nintendo Badge Academy, which has been out in Japan for like a year now, but finally they bring it to America, and oh my god, it's in-app purchase madness. Yeah, you, you, I mean, you sum it up. You tell yeah, them. There isn't too much to say about it. It's just a fee-to-pay game. Yeah, fee-to-play game. Yeah, fee-to-play. Because you download it for free. It's free to start. Or no, this one is free to play. You're right. Yeah. Well, fee-to-play, but yeah, because you have to. Well, sort of. So anyway, so you have these, like, claw machines that you find in theaters with the witch. You don't control, like, it's... Well, yeah. Right. So you don't control whether it goes up or down. You just control whether it goes left or right. You just hold down A, yeah. wait for it to move to the left, and then you just let go of A, and then it just goes down. It's a down. crane game. Yeah, it just goes down, grabs, let's go. And that's really it in a nutshell. And for $1, you could try five times. And I guess this hook is that you could get badges from different franchises which is really cool you can get your splatoon you get your animal crossing your mario a bunch of different versions of mario and hundreds and i guess and what and i guess what's also really neat is that some of the badges double as alternate icon starters so you could use something else for the e-shop or for your journal which is really nice but i haven't seen one that i like what i guess i don't know maybe just the way i don't know i, I can't really get myself to pay one dollar even though five tries is kind of a lot. Cause sometimes, like, y- if you're lucky, you could actually get multiple and sometimes even almost all the badges that are currently available with one try. Yes, unlike unlike a real crane game, it's almost like, um, well, there's drop the coin in the thing and the other coins fall. Ticket games like Dave and Buster's, in that you can knock a badge into other badges as you drag it along and they'll fall in too. So you can end up on one turn getting all the badges. Yeah, or sometimes like they'll stack the badges in such a way that they form like a bridge. So if you grab the one in the middle, they're all going to fall down. Yeah. Like they, they make it... It's well, a game. They, they make <laughs> it almost impossible for you not to get at least one badge with every attempt. Because mm-hmm. like unlike an actual crane game, the crane is actually sturdy enough to like once it grabs something, it's basically going to grab it. Unless it, it like knocks into something like really hard, it's not going to fall down. But I, I guess like as you're going through the introduction with the very... Um, I don't, know. I don't know what to, how to call them. The the best sales bunny of all three Nintendo's ever put out. I don't know what it is with Nintendo sales bunnies, but they have the one in Street Pass. Who's a gentleman? They have Peppy and Steel Diver, who's Peppy from Star Fox, and then they have this passive aggressive yet really humorous, and also sometimes a real photo and sometimes a render or sometimes really both. rabbit <laughs> and sometimes really both. Yeah, they they definitely been working on this rabbit character for a while. He's great. I love him. I love the humor in Badge Arcade. There's a lot of like I, I subtle mean, little things. And I, I like that. Like they had to like really justify why they're like why they're charging you money. Like oh, we have to keep the lights on. Like it takes a lot of effort I, to make these badges. I feel like there's some meta self commentary about Nintendo's own financial struggles in there, where it's like, well, if you want us to keep making things, you need to buy our stuff. Like there's definitely like a little like. A little passive aggressive, like no one bought the Wii. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to support this old arcade, this little yeah, thing over here. Yeah, but um, there they do have a free, like a completely free practice arcade that you could just play with all you want. But once a day, you do get one free play, and if you get more than twenty, you get three free attempts. And on top of that, if every time you grab one of the the practice badges, they're all they're all brown. They're, they look wooden. They always flip them over, and if you get a blue one, you get two bonus plays. If you get a red one, you get, I think, like, four bonus plays. So, if you do that every single day, you could potentially get five plays or more, but at least you're guaranteed one. So, 
that in mind, like, I really just want, like, the Bowser ones. They're, like, very specific ones. Like, I wanted the orange um, squid. So, I've been able to get every badge I want and more by just the fact that other ones just fall down while I'm mm -hmm. getting them. So, I really don't ever see a reason to have to pay ever. Now, I, on the other hand, went, man, this is fun. Oh, I kind of want a Game Boy to put on my folder for my virtual console games. One dollar. Oh, I didn't get it. I want the yellow Game Boy Color. One dollar. Uh, oh, whoa, check out these Link ones. One dollar. Here's the thing. I've never bought a 3DS theme in my life. I've never customized my 3DS menu beyond just moving icons around. I'm not putting these badges on anything but folders. And yet I've already <laughs> put in multiple dollars. What? And I'm someone that hates in-app purchases. What? <laughs> like, Nintendo, this is Nintendo's Yeah, vice. I haven't spent a dime, and I've gotten at least, like, 10, 12 badges. Now, to be fair, half the money I spent was before I knew about the practice room and how oh. to unlock plays. But the other half was totally <laughs> my choice. Uh, but no, this is, to me, the takeaway for me on this game, and it's like one sentence only, is you know how like some people have gambling of like crack cocaine addiction, which is very addictive, and some people have a gambling addiction? You know, it's, everyone has their vices. Nintendo combined those, presented them as a fun little game, and then said, here you go, it's our vice, the Nintendo vice. Give us money, get addicted. You'll love it. Yeah, but I mean, and it works. I don't know. I, I feel <laughs> it like, totally works. <laughs> I, I feel like the having that training free a day it thing kind of ruins it. Oh, Just, ruins. Well, that like the. Well, I mean, like I guess if you have some self control. It, uh, you know, apparently, I, mean, I don't. <laughs> I mean, you could literally like get anything you want if you're just patient enough. Like you, like like. But said, but Nintendo's tricky because lots of the badgers are only available for a day or two at a time. So if you run out of free plays, you're like crap. The, ge the yellow Game Boy Color is going to be gone this time, you know, in an hour. I better do it now. And also, one weird thing, the refresh rate on those badges is not midnight. It's 2 a.m. Because much like a casino, they want you to spend way too much money way too late into the night and not know what time it is anymore. Hmm. This is Nintendo's gambling establishment. It just has, requires just enough skill to not be gambling. Yeah. Yeah. I do like that they have um, different variations of the claw. Like, sometimes you have a little hammer you can whack things with, mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. In the practice, yeah. 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 Or sometimes um, the badges will be on hooks, or sometimes the badges will have weird openings at the top that you can actually grab, like, two at the same time because yeah. of just, like, I don't know, they, they mix it up. Sometimes they're in a little bouncy room. Like, it's it's interesting. I'm just glad that uh, I'm not getting addicted to this they, thing, they, and they, I don't customize. They totally fight it, which is... Scary yes. and cool. Yes, it's super scary, but super cool. But yeah, I'm I'm glad I'm not like getting super addicted on this, and I don't customize. Because if I did, do you know how many badges are in the Japanese version? Take a take a guess. Um, twenty. No, try. I don't remember. What, oh, I don't remember. I know there was Either, rhythm I believe oh, there's man. nine thousand. It might actually only be three thousand. Either way, thousands of badges. Can you imagine how much money and or time and or your life? You have to put into this thing, like it's insane. I guess but you're it's gonna so... collect them all. But that rabbit is just so friendly, and it's so enticing, and the music's so cheery. The way I see it, it's like Animal Crossing. Like I check it in once a day, do my yeah. little free trial, and then I'm done. Because you have self control. Says the guy that spent seven hundred on Amiibo. Selective self control. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you spent seven hundred on Amiibo, so. Said to the guy. Oh, yeah. There you go. There you go. But, but yeah, so I, it's free, everyone. So if you don't have Nintendo Badge Arcade, go download it. Don't become a badgeaholic. We wish you all the best. It's fun, though. Right? I mean, you'd recommend it, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you, have no, you can't go wrong. You have no reason not to download it. And if you 
just do the once a day little free trial thing, then you can actually get a lot. I mean, I already got I already got every Bowser one available that I wanted. Yeah. Was disappointed to find out that the eight bit Bowser was a very big one because I wanted four little Bowser that I could mm-hmm. have like one of each, but they had to mess it up. Oh, and also in case it wasn't clear, I think it was. Uh, these things pop into the peg design of the home screen. So you're able to customize within the boundaries of it where any game icon would go, basically. In case anyone's like, oh, yeah. I could put them anywhere. Not or you quite. could put them in lieu of like a name for your folder. Mm-hmm. Or you could put them in lieu of certain generic icons. You could swap oh, yeah, yeah, out. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. That's yeah. That's yeah. right. Sorry, you're right. Yeah. So, I got uh, carried away. Like, like, that's a, like, that's a really like your idea of like, oh, like put the S, like the, the Game Boy on top of the um, Game Boy folder. folder. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. So. But you did get it in the end, right? Yeah, I did. I also got a Famicom, or Super Famicom cartridge. (laughs) I wanted the controller. I don't have any Famicom games on my my 3DS, but I just wanted the controller. And I ended up getting everything but. And then it cost me $4. And that is a a day in the life of Jason. And that is this episode of Ramtown Podcast. And it was a doozy. How long is this episode? Two and a half. Two and a half. Well, that's what happens. This is what happens. We haven't done Nintendo Direct in so long that we just, it's so much pent up direct analysis we had to go through so anyway thank you as always for listening guys we do appreciate you sticking around for all two and a half hours or jumping to the end here because i don't know why you listen to the sign off but teach your own um we'll be back on november 29th which are with our next episode it's gonna have those long away 29th already november 29th i know we're in the middle now it's gonna have our long away chibi robo zip flash impression because i know someone out there has been counting down the days and been disappointed every time we haven't talked about it we're also going to be talking about Human Resource Machine, uh, the new game from 2D Boy who did uh, World of Goo and Little Inferno. Game. We will have the latest news. We'll have maybe some other game impressions. It's Thanksgiving week, so you know once you're stuffed on uh, turkey and done with your Black Friday shopping and Sunday rolls around and you just want to like, veg out, we're here for you. That's our purpose. So to make sure you don't miss it, uh, follow us on Twitter at Nintendo. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave a review while you're there if you like the show, and that will, you know... Help us know how to better craft it for you as well. And one other reason to listen to the show and to make sure to subscribe and follow is it's our anniversary show next week. Well, technically our anniversary is the weekend in between this and that. But we are celebrating the four-year anniversary next episode, and we're doing a giveaway, and you don't want to miss it. So be sure to tune your dial to ramtown.com because apparently we're on the radio website, internet. And anyway, uh, you can also follow us individually on Twitter between now and then. I am JSR7. Angel is Wero. That's W-E-I-R-O underscore O. That's also his Miiverse handle. Friend and follow him there. Friend and follow me as Jason R on Miiverse. That pretty much does it. We will see you in two weeks. Thanks for listening. And uh, to all the Americans, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah.